Oh, okay. Uh, who sent me a message this time? Oh, dear player. I'm surprised you've lasted this long. Megan? Why are you calling yourself the king? Who is this Megan you speak of? I am the king and I have a little game for you. Uh, sure, Megan. Whatever you say. Um, what's this game? Well, it's one that requires you to follow a few rules unless you don't like living. Okay. First task is to warn everyone that the Dub Talk podcast has foul language and subject matter that may not be suitable for all audiences. Viewer discretion should be advised unless someone wants to see her Hasoka pillow covered in blood. Okay. Second task is to remind everyone that spoils for King's Game will occur, as it can for any other series. We ask that if you want to play this game with us that you suffer, I mean watch King's Game, then come back unless someone wants to see her Kingdom Hearts data all deleted. Hmm. And finally, the third task is to remind everyone that the opinions discussed tonight reflect the participants and not DubTech as a whole, unless someone wants to see her Bakugo plushie get kidnapped. So player, are you ready for your final task? Depends on what it is. Oh, it's simple, really. Because this is all sounding really weird. It's just that Zenith, Gigi, and Lyalic have to watch King's Game and review it. All of my fans really want this, and if you don't, no. That or the dramatical murder OVA if you don't. Sadly for you, I've seen it, though Gigi and Zenith haven't. And it would be funny to have them watch it. Oh, for you, Lyalic, I do have some really nice Bakugo X Deku fanfiction I can read you. No. Th th this isn't that kind of episode. Come on, play the game. Alright. Fine. You win. We'll play your stupid game. I really don't want to put up with you reading some stupid fanfiction. Oh, I see you're a man of culture as well. God damn it. Let's get this over with already. Thanks for playing. Obedience confirmed. See you at AFES, friendo. Hello, one and all, and welcome to Dub Talk, where a group of people get together and talk about English dubs and stuff. Um, I'm Stephanie, and I regret everything. Uh, I'm here with uh, Gigi and Zenith too. Today's hi, my hi. birthday. Um, I I just got a text. It told me that like if mm -hmm. I if I don't do this podcast, then I will be punished by by having to watch this show again, and you know that would kind of be worse. I want my phone to stop. Can my phone just stop? It goes between happy birthday Facebook notifications and that someone is trying to kill me via anime. <laughs> uh, all right uh, the reason why we're here is to finally talk about a certain false simuldub that you folks at home wanted us to see and we put it off for a long time because this show is some hot garbage it is and uh, we've been it sure is something we've been, yeah we've been kind of trying to avoid it for forever but um Megan said we can't do an episode for Kami Summit Kiss yet until we talk about this one. So here we are to talk about King's Game. Yeah, yeah, the uh, 2017 yeah. series from Studio 7. If you are not familiar with this wonderful, wonderful show. You're really first lucky. Of, first of all, you're fucking lucky. Uh, second of all, here's a little summary. 
Uh, one night, all 32 members of a high school class receive a text message on their cell phone. It welcomes them to a game where they are given specific tasks to carry out in a 24-hour period. The tasks seem simple at first, but soon the tasks go beyond what the kids are comfortable with. Furthermore, they learn that the cost of failure is death. Will they be able to find a way out before more die? The end. Spoilers! No! Fucking spoilers! Right off the bat! There's a disclaimer for a reason. Fucking spoilers. Everybody fucking dies. Uh, Everybody die. Uh, uh. <laughs> this fucking Everyone show. Everyone fucking dies. Look, this... we're spoiling it for you now so you don't have to watch it. Yes. L let me Before tell you right now. Things, nothing. I got things to say, but please. Angry. Nothing exactly. is fucking explained except for one thing that could have been like it, it, it just like. Let me put it to you this way. I was enjoying this show because, you know, despite its cliche nature and the fact that it's pretty much like a dime a dozen um, murder game, like a lot of other Japanese, like, anime or, or manga and stuff like that. Like, you've seen this all before. It was still oh, yeah. entertaining for a while before it just said, you know what, fuck it. We're not going to explain Jack or shit, and we're just going to kill, kill off all the characters that we made you yeah. care about. So it's like, it's like if Danganronpa was bad, and it's like, I know Danganronpa has its bad <laughs> points, but it's like if you took Danganronpa, dumped it down, and combined it with, like, um, as, as the gods will, and Enigma, and Future Diary, and fucking, um, like, all these fucking shows. <laughs> now, Zen. <laughs> You've just insulted Dagon Rampa right? by you comparing King's compare Game to Dagon Rampa. That is no. bad of you. Stop it. Hey, hey, closest, but it is a murder game. Like it, it's not the same. But I'm just yes. saying, like if Dagon Rampa, no, 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 I get horrible, you, I get you, I get you. But you just insulted Dagon Rampa by comparing uh, King's Game to it. Uh, oh my god! Oh my god. King's is, game. This, is this more than you bargained for yet? <laughs> Sugar, we're going down. It's like number one with a bullet. It's a loaded god complex. Just cock it and cock pull it. it. And pull it. Like that's what I was thinking while watching the show. It's like, dear God, like when when you when Fall Out Boy lyrics can sum up what happens to the goddamn yes. show. Like, this is going to be so hard for me because I'm the first one who watched this show yep. all the way through in Japanese. Then I got picked for this podcast. So I was like, okay, I'll watch it again in English. I got about four <laughs> episodes in and I was like, I can't do this. We're done, right? We're done. Then we put it off. Yep. Then I watched more. Then I forgot what happened. Then we put it off again. I have watched this four times. She has suffered so much. No, but I here's the thing. Here's the thing. Four times. We are, the three of us were the only ones who were mildly interested in doing this episode if it was a thing. I and did we're not. the only ones. We have made a mistake. I did I not know. I thought it was going to be trash. I thought it was I thought it was gonna be trash too, and you know how I like my trash sometimes. This I is thought it was gonna be like Battle Royale. I, I just and like this the at... Hunger Games. <laughs> and it, where is Katniss? I I just picked this out at random. Like, here's the thing: a lot of the stuff that I pick for for dub talk is I'm like I look at the title, I don't I don't research anything about it because I want to be surprised. 
I'm like, okay, this title sounds interesting. It has game in the title. You just saw game. Vasa, you saw game in the title, and you're like, okay, I'm doing this. Well, that's the same thing that I did the same thing for MMO Junkie, and it worked out fine then. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, but this is this was a crapshoot, and you failed this time. Um, So I failed this city. Yeah, I have failed this this city. You built this city on rock and roll. It's time for the pain train fucking express. Choo choo. But before I start to talk about this, I am going to try so hard to separate the actual anime written in Japanese based on a cell phone novel where you get three sentences at a time and then tomorrow you get the next three sentences. This is what this is based on from the actual dub of this show. Yes. I got it. We're not talking about the dub right now. We're talking about the show. I know. We're supposed to be, but I'm sorry. We have we kind of have to get our frustrations over that one out of the way. It makes me so angry. But yeah, yeah, we we are going to discuss the dub more Mm -hmm. than the show. We kind of have to. We do have to separate the two. I've I've actually never seen the sub, so no, I've only seen one episode. Admittedly, for as bad of a show this is. The dub is actually solid. It's one of those situations where the dub is actually relatively solid. But anyway. I made uh, predictions for this. <laughs> I didn't even fucking try. Um, as always, we're going to be discussing the casting of the series, including thoughts on performances, general opinions, or so on the series itself, which we kind of been doing for almost 10 minutes now. Worth it. Uh, and no, we are not going to cover the 40-plus fucking students in the entire damn show because we would be here forever. And this everyone token fucking Hanamaru. dies, so what's the point of talking about all of them anyway? It's just like, hey, I have a line. Yes. Oh, I'm dead. Hey, I, I have no. a line. Oh, <laughs> Bye God, guys. I'm dead. Bye, guys. <laughs> it's true. Uh, no. Hi, I'm Austin Tyndall. Oh, wait, now I'm dead. Hi, my name is Jared Green. <laughs> I'm Whoops, dead in the first I'm episode dead. after kicking some kid with my foot, and then just what the fuck with this Hi, bloody pusses and shit. Hi, my name is Nami. We're gonna focus on you for an episode, and then I'm gonna die. Goodbye. Oh my god, Jared oh, Green, no. is this the show that you blacked out in the booth for? Because that's why I picked you to be Nobuaki. Because we're not talking about my predictions, but oh, if this god. was the show that you got passed out in the booth for, please comment or tell us on Twitter. Thanks. God damn it. All right. So before we kind of start talking about all of these characters and how we're going to break it down, uh, let's cover the staffing first. So we're going to talk about our ADR director, assistant director, and our script writer. Again, this is one of those situations. This is going to be a theme of the night of why are these people involved in such a shitty show? <laughs> so. Well, our paychecks are our, a thing. It's true. Unfortunately, it's very true. Uh, so our ADR director for King's Game is uh, Tyler Walker, who has directed series such as Bakuno, Kato the Right Answer, and Fairy Tale. Uh, Tabitha Ray is the assistant director who has also helped direct Kato the Right Answer, uh, Kino's Journey 2017, and the second season of The Silver Guardian. And we have Jeremy Kratz, who has... Written for other series such as Seraph of the End, the Junji Ito Collection, and he's currently a writer, the writer for season three of My Hero Academia, or continuing, I should say, writing for My Hero Academia. Again, why are these people involved in this show? Like, 
the other theme of the night. I'm actually, I tried to attach good credits to these people. <laughs> good God. I mean, Tyler Walker, you directed fucking Bacchano. <laughs> Yep. What? Yes! Tyler Walker is the director of Bacchino. Okay. Did you not Tyler... hear that part? I, I heard it, it, but I was thinking other things in my head. Is Tyler Walker the director who likes to cast all new actors? Is that him? Um, may or may not be true. Um, because I know with Kato, a couple of the leads were relative unknowns or new people. Though, to be fair... Uh, Jason Lebrecht was also one of the major characters of the show as well. Um, and of course, Jason Lebrecht has been around for a long ass time. But um, I know, who was it? It's Ian Moore, who's the other lead. Tabitha's actually in the show. Um, Michaela Krantz is in there. Uh, and Kyle Ignacy? No, Ignacy? Whatever. I'm sorry, his name is terrible to try and pronounce. <laughs> Kyle I. Kyle not, I. Not Kyle who the fuck I. is Kyle. Not who Kyle the fuck I. is Kyle Phillips, but Kyle I. Too many. Um, <sighs> so who, who wants to start with their thoughts on the directing and the writing of the show? All right, let me just get this out. Let let me get it out. Uh, you you can let go. let it out. Just just do it. just, just, it? just let it out. Can I just, just let it go? It, okay, so most of what I'm about to say right now had me in the mindset that Tyler Walker was the director that likes to cast new people. Um, and I just, I really, I would like to pick his brain and Tabitha's as well as to whether or not they knew how this anime was going to be structured. Because I remember looking at the cast list for the first episode and going, I only know who four of these people are. Where, who are these yes. other people? This, this must be the guy who likes to cast new actors. And then in the next episode, everybody dies. So I'm like... Is, is this really a thing? Like, did you know how this is going to be structured? And I will fully admit that at the beginning, I was so confused with the time skips going back and forth that I had no idea how this was going to be structured. Um, so it turns out the characters in the first episode, we don't see them again barely until episode seven. So it's yep. like, okay, I don't understand what's going on. Um, I just... I, my thing was I don't think they knew that most of them would be dead um, and this dub really could have gone two ways it could have played it straight or because it did start right a couple weeks after I believe it, so it could have just gone full out trash and it played it straight <laughs> So I, I was kind of disappointed in that. But then again, at that time, and this is the hang up with simul dubs, you don't know how a series is going to turn out. For me, it jumped the shark at episode six, like really jumped the shark. And I'll talk about that later. Um, but just who who would have known that it was going to turn out that way? Um, and they played it straight. And I think that the reason why a lot of the directing was played straight may have had a lot to do with the writing, which for the most part, like 80% of the writing was also played straight and is very close to the Japanese translation. Um, the writing, it could have gone a lot of different ways. Again, it could have gone straight. It could have gone, ow, I just got a cramp in my hand from clenching my fist so hard because I hate this fucking anime. Uh, <laughs> 
damn it. Curse you. Curse you, angry. Um, <laughs> and it, it could have gone full out ham. And I think in the beginning, it started to go ham. And I was like, yes. I was like, this is the way I want it to go. And then by the end, when it shouldn't have been ham, it was like, well, fuck it. Let's just finish this off. Nobody's going to watch this anyway. I, I just wish that the characters were written so... I cared a little bit more maybe had more like high school slang in there there were some there were some of some of it was in there like don't be such a troll somebody said yes was, like lines about kicking people in the balls and I was like that's great why isn't the whole thing full of this um I think a lot of the games needed explanations and I said this with Kakigurui too um we didn't get them we didn't really get them in the Japanese either, so I can't say that that's a fault of the writing either way, but I wish they would have been explained more fully or with more details that could make us understand them without a bunch of math. Um, I don't know if this is a fault of anyone, but a lot of the on-screen text didn't get translated. Um, and this story is very hard to tell because it skips between two timelines, mm -hmm. um, but there could have been clues in the script to help keep the timeline straight because I can't tell you anyone's name. I can tell you one girl's name and I can tell you one boy's name. All the rest of these characters I referred to by the names of their voice actors because <laughs> there's too many of them to keep straight and everybody dies. And the one thing that kind of bothered me directing wise, and I don't know if maybe this was just forgotten, was that in episode one, when the, the main timeline characters start, some of them speak very differently from when they come back in episode seven. And I was like, is this a conscious choice or did they forget that they, some of them had like little accents and little speech patterns and stuff like that. So that there was no connection between hmm. the same characters from episode one to episode seven, where they come back. So, Oh, I feel that for playing it straight they did what they could but there were other choices that could have been made that maybe would have made it maybe not as relevant or as um what's the word i'm looking for where everything's as similar to the source material but this is the way that they chose and or that they were told to play it so this is what we have and this is what we're going to talk about today huzzah uh zen how do you feel about the directing writing on the show um, for the most part, I actually think this was really good. Now, I think the strength of this dub is the individual voice actors and characters. Because if mm -hmm. you put it on, like, just t talking about their individual stories and stuff like that, I was engaged. Because, I mean, obviously, this is something that we've seen a lot in, in anime. We've seen this type of story before. We've we've certainly seen one where like, oh, there's there's a mysterious game, people are putting their lives on the line, or there's there's something going on and there's like something supernatural involved or something like that. Like obviously we've seen this before in stuff like Higarashi, if you're talking horror, or like Enigma. I feel where it lost me was when they were trying to um kind of explain certain events of the overall plot. And I feel like if they were going to stru structure it, um, they probably should have structured it more like Enigma, where everything was clearly broken down. Um, but I kind of, like, you know, as soon as I saw how they were doing it, I'm just like, okay, I'm engaged because I like these characters. 
Normally, in a game where everyone's going to die, and you know everyone's going to die, you kind of lose me, and I stop caring about these characters. But I liked this cast, and I think the directing and writing really helped that. Um, that being said, I think the main character really suffered from the most plain lines, especially when, you know, he went back and forth about having hope and losing hope. They used a lot of the same, uh, same lines over a lot, and I felt like that that's probably the fault of the original script, but had they really, like, either structured it a certain way, or, or, or made the focus more on the games and less on the characters, it might have helped... I don't know. It's it's weird because, like I said, the voice cast is good enough to make me care about the, this cast of characters. Um, but I didn't care about any of the games that were being played. And I was engaged the entire time, but I, I did find myself thinking from time to time, this is really dumb, and a good script could have elevated that a little bit better. So I'm going to say this is middle of the road. Um, writing-wise, but directing-wise, it's pretty good. Okay. Uh, I kind of have to agree with Zen, at least in terms of middle of the road. Um, I mean, kind of just to start off, this is a large-ass cast, and you have time skips, jumping around, and all this shit. If anyone can manage to pull both of these aspects off of this damn show, it's Tyler Walker. Mm-hmm. Now that you said Bacchano, that's true. Yes, and then there's Fairy Tale. He has to pull, like, who the hell knows who's around for that damn show and try to make sure nobody's, like, double, triple cast and all this crap. But, um, yeah, I mean, I have to give credit where credit is due to Tyler Walker for managing to cast and pull off this crazy-ass show. Um... A lot of the performances were very, very solid. Some of the performances... Like, for me, I, I actually didn't really care about any of the characters, save for one, because I Same. feel so fucking bad for him, and we'll get to him <laughs> later. <laughs> there are reasons, but... Um, I feel I feel bad for most of them, but one in particular, yeah. There's Yeah, for me, there's one in particular. <laughs> yeah, there's one I really liked. But, um... In, with with the, in terms of the direction, uh, it this is all this is a hard one because we don't know how much information was given to Tyler and Tabitha or Jeremy. We don't know how how far ahead they were allowed to go. They we don't know um, any if there any source material was given to them ahead of time, so they at least have some idea. So playing it straight is really probably the only logical way to go about this unfortunately um and for playing it straight it's still a solid solid dub directing and writing wise writing wise is very interesting because jeremy kratz from a lot of the stuff that i usually really see seen him write it's a lot of it is also very straightforward following the original script and all this kind of stuff um it's very rare that he actually gets to break out of that and kind of diverge a little bit and I think King's Game is one of those times where he did get to diverge a little bit from his normal his normal style. I mean, the troll line and the kicking in the balls thing. and But I also don't know if that was also in the original Japanese. So I don't know. I don't have much um, information the there. I don't think the troll was. I think the balls was. I mean, it had to have been if Riona did fucking kick Nobuaki in the balls. Um, <laughs> but... 
it. Um, regardless of all that, the directing writing, I think, is, is very solid. Um, and I, I also appreciate the fact that there are so many newer voices that were in the show, regardless of whether or not they stuck around for more than an episode or two. Um, for example, there's one in particular, I didn't put her on the list. Um, she's from the first, the first game. Uh, fuck me. I need to get her name real quick. But, um, you know, the episode with, um, Yosuke, the guy who was doing all the research in the first game. Oh, his girlfriend. His lady friend, yes. I just, I think that it was good that he cast new people. I just wish yeah. that there maybe would have been more knowledge or some knowledge to switch uh, switch something around so that they had more to do. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know if it's Kaudu or Kaudi. I think the show says Kaudi. Um, Marioka, who is played by Genna Ford, she, I'm actually going to look at her credits right at the second. Oh, yeah. Like, she's only done background roles at this point. This is actually her first name and character. So, like, giving... Good for her. Yeah. So, like, giving... It's a, it's a nice mix of fresh talent with already established voice actors in the mix. And um, especially when we get to our lead, who Nobuaki, it's going to be a very interesting conversation because they're also a complete newbie at this point in time. So, it'll be very interesting. It's, it's a solid effort. It's not the greatest thing in the world. It's not one of those shows to, you could probably write to, write home to mother about, but <laughs> it's... I almost it's, wish they would have waited. Like, I wish they wouldn't have simuldubbed it and waited yeah. and then gone full out ham. I mean, who knows what the situation was or what the deal was when they got the show. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it. I think it's solid. It's a solid dub for a very mediocre show. Mediocre is putting it lightly. It's putting it lightly. Um, so I think we're mo ready to move on to yes. our characters. Yes. Can we please get this pain train? Let, 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 so let us, let us get through fire. this so I can actually have dinner and and so I don't have to I uh, don't have to have this linger over me until I get another text oh saying that I have to see it again for some reason because the game keeps continuing <laughs> on and on. And oh on. fuck that noise! Uh. Fuck that noise! Okay, so. You know what? Fuck it. I was actually going to make these two s groups separate, but fuck it. We're going to make them into one big group. So, the first six characters we're going to talk about. <laughs> because there's probably not going to be much to talk about. No offense. So, these six are... How, how it pretty much breaks down is um, how I managed to break this down somehow. So, in terms of the second game or present day timeline, I tried to stick with the characters that we see survive at least during the second half of the show the characters we meet in the first game in the flashbacks that we see throughout the first half um with those ones i tried to stick with the ones who were rather how some in some form or fashion were rather story or plot relevant to an extent but um the first six characters these are all six all six of these are characters who are in the present day storyline who are in the second king's game so there are three boys and three girls. We have Masatoshi Ua. We have Takuya Sakamoto. Fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny I say that. Uh, Ryo Sagi Sagisawa, Aya Matsuoka, Rina Minami, and Yuna Kobayashi. So here's how this breaks down. So speaking of who the fuck is Kyle. Uh, 
Masatoshi is voiced by Kyle Phillips, who has been in series such as Assassination Classroom, Cheer Boys, and Servamp. Takia, fucking dick, <laughs> um, is voiced by everyone's favorite, Clifford Chapin. Hi, Dad. Uh, who... <laughs> God damn it. Who has been in series such as Attack on Titan, Cheer Boys, and My Hero Academia. Uh, Rio is voiced by Justin Briner, who has been in series such as 91 Days, Cardcaptor, Sakura, Clear Card, and a few different characters in the Garo franchise. Aya is voiced by Jeannie Tirado, who has been in Blood Blockade Battlefront, is currently in Darling in the Franks, and was also in Grimgar, Ashes, and Illusions. Rina is voiced by Heather Walker, who has been in series such as Luck and Logic, Tokyo ESP, and Toriko. And Yuna is voiced by Megan Shipman, who has been in series such as the recently completed uh, Citrus, The Disastrous Life of Psyche K, and Overlord. I know this is gonna be... I know this is a big group, but... I have a feeling we're going to be knocking this out really, really quickly. So who wants to go first? Should we just lightning round it? Let's go. I got Let's this. Let's lightning round this Let's shit. Let's lightning All round right. this shit. Masatoshi. How about, how, about, how about I do this? I'll say a character and the actor's name, and then we'll just briefly give thoughts. How's that? All right. Let's do that. Masatoshi, Kyle Phillips. Fell in the water. <laughs> I literally have nothing to say about this character, and I watched it four times, and I still I have zero. Nothing. I'm sorry. He, who the he, fuck is Kyle? I guess who the fuck is Masatoshi? He barely does anything. Yeah. He he only had a little yeah. bit in like the the last episode, kind of. But like he, he well voiced, but he doesn't have a lot to do. I like the BL element. God Good job, Nobuaki slash Masatoshi. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, I I mean. It's pretty straightforward. Like, Masatoshi didn't have anything to do. But I I did honestly really like the little bit with uh, Masatoshi, Nobuaki, and Ryona um, on the beach before Masatoshi falls in the fucking water. Even though it didn't mean it was an, anything, it was a nice little that bit. moment was good. Yes, it was It was still nice. And, I mean, I, I, I liked Kyle in this role and how he, um, he tends to combat... Uh, Clifford fucking Chapin. Uh, so, speaking of, Takuya, Clifford Chapin. Cliff died on a cliff. <laughs> it's fucking That true. was my bad joke I put in the, I said I wasn't going to tell you. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 another one of those roles that like he's barely there, but he he does a good job. He des- definitely sounds desperate. I wrote I- pain in all capital letters and then I wrote this. I don't know why I'm laughing at how pathetic his voice is. Oh my god, I what? think Cliff got the ham. I think he got the ham, which nice. I'm very grateful okay. for because I wanted ham bone through this trash, this <laughs> garbage fest of an anime. I, Cliff got the ham memo, so thanks, Dad. You're a pro. <laughs> uh, yeah. I wanted... I'm sorry, I have to say it. I wanted to punch this kid into the fucking sun. <laughs> The way he fucking just, like, grabs Masatoshi, throws him off the fucking stairs on the side of the street, just leaves him for dead and just fucking runs. It's like, what the fuck is your problem, dude? I mean, and that and that scene was just fantastic. I'm like, I have to give props to Cliff on that one for being such an asshole. Yeah, like, I... <laughs> it was very believable. That, that one scene where he, he Mufasa... He actually Mufasa'd someone Mufasa'd down the stairs. This is the same stairs yes. from Gamers, so this is like payoff. Oh, God. Um, and Cliff kills us all. 
but he got he got what these <laughs> he got what he deserved, and I liked the I liked the deserved. performance, but like that was the only thing he did memorable in the show. I thought he died that... very mem- memorably. Like yes. he was a little bitch. So good. He job. was a little like bitch. a little bitch. He was such a little bitch. No, no, no. When Natsuko just like busts his fucking ankle, I'm like, you got what you goddamn deserved, you <laughs> bastard. If they had all just worked together, <sighs> goddamn it. Um, what is don't this even get me started. They could have worked together during the goddamn haircutting thing, and nobody did. Ah, uh, don't, don't. Angry. Let's go. Anybody else? All right, Rio, Justin Briner. Not gay enough. He he kind of snapped. <laughs> So, so, so I got you this hat. Oh my god! As a headless Tarawaki is laying on the ground, and he makes the hat talk. Was this the same season where he did code realize? I felt the finish. Yeah, this is. Oh yeah, this is the same season. Season is fucking code realize. I forgot about that. I felt the finish trying to come out here, and it just didn't come out enough. I was waiting. I was like, where's the garbage? Where's the bat shit? Yeah, basically, I think Justin's performance of Rio is like a little bit of a watered-down finish. Yes. But only because Rio's like a sweet, innocent child, too, who couldn't peer for this fucking earth. And it's it's coded gay, like him and and Takia are like... Teraki. Teraki. Yeah, it's it's very much implied that Rio has feelings for Tarawaki. Especially the hat. Uh, here, I Especially got you hat. a hat. Now I I'm going to hat. go insane. Let me put it on your stub of a head. It matches mine. Oh. <laughs> Rio, what are you doing? Look, it matches Why mine. Are Aren't smiling? we so cool? Tell me that you like it. I'm like, oh God, it's baby. It's like baby finish. <laughs> like, it's like one step below Golden Ham. I think no, Justin no, 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 Briner no. got Hold it too. On. No, but then the, oh my god, the best part I think that got me, well, I think that scene got me, when he decides to fucking cut his yes! old damn leg off in the end, Yes. he's just like, but I want to be strong like you guys, I want to help, I'll sacrifice myself so you can make a doll out of my lips. I was like, come on. That was fucked I up. Was like, I was like, really? There is like a certain like, level of crazy you have to get to. And I was waiting for it because it almost got there in the voice. But I felt like it could have been crazier. But he uh, did get the ham memo. He did. So he I'm did proud get the ham of, memo too. I'm proud of you, Justin Briner. Good job, Justin's diner. I feel like in the last couple of episodes, that's when it kind of started going ham a bit. Yeah, because yes. that's when yes. a lot of characters that's just started point, breaking like, down and going cray-cray. Like, girl... Why are you acting so cray cray? Uh, but well, that, oh God, and they let's knew not that even that talk about cray cray. Garbage. By that point, they knew that it was yes. awful. I mean, to be fair, by the last couple of episodes, I think the Japanese was done, so they knew. Yeah, and and, but, and um, they definitely seemed to go a little bit more over the top with it. I think Rio is one of the characters that I liked a little bit more, especially for that crazy his crazy moments because like he snapped yes. a few times and it was fun. And he was innocent and adorable, and I liked his character. All Animation right, finally I... dubbed a BL. Oh my god. Alright, Aya, Jeannie Tarada. Um, didn't do anything? She was there. Cute, but unmemorable. Yeah. Okay, now adorable. that I know it's Jeannie Tarada. Yeah, it, it was well-voiced, but didn't do anything. Yeah, she didn't yeah, do much. Aya was, unfortunately, the victim of just existing. <laughs> You have you, you, dying. she was cute. When you though. have a cast that big, 
Yeah, it's hard. I, I as a character herself didn't stand out. I had to that's, look her that's up. The big thing. Like, like, I like, like compared to um some of the other girls what? in the class, even, especially like one of the girls in this group actually. Like, Aya just didn't stand out as a character, oh, yeah. so unfortunately, Jeannie, Jeannie kind of suffers the, for it. There's a wiki that tells you how every character dies, and when I didn't know who they were, that was where I went. I was like, okay, Good so job. that's how they die. All right, now I know who you are. That's great. All right, <laughs> next. next. Rena, Heather Walker. Okay, so when I say girls that are more memorable, Rena was at least a bit more memorable. For me. Yes, she was. I actually have, like, more than a sentence for her. Um, I kind of like her, but still kind of unmemorable. Um, I liked the aggressive tone she had, like when she was kind of mean. Um, but then once friggin' what's her name? Natsuko broke her and she turned into that whiny ass baby. I was like, what girl, why you do the, why you do me like that? You were a hard, tough bitch. Yeah. Like I kind of, I felt like she was trying to be this like hard, tough person, but then, then she sacrificed a friend who was like hanging off the side of a cliff, and then I'm like, "Fuck that bitch." So, I- <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, one of the I'm- one of the points is survival of the fittest is a bitch. I want like you have I- to sacrifice shit. I get that point. I get that. So like I- the sec when Natsuko like just fuck, like pokes at her, and then she just kind of crumbles. I mean. Unfortunately, it's a very sudden change that doesn't make sense. Yeah. No. If it was something, if it ramp up, if it yeah, ramp up or something a bit more subtle, like a slow breakdown, like it would make more sense. But I think that's more the fault of I. I just don't like the the character. I don't. I don't like the voice she went with when she broke down because when she was putting up a front, you could clearly say Mm. that you could see that she was just like first. She was giving someone what they deserved. Then she was putting up a front. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. But then all of a sudden, she sees, like, the zombie forms for no reason. And then she gets, like, really weird voice. Like, like she starts screaming. And and then she pushes herself off a cliff. Like, I don't know. I didn't like that. The the ham change here was was too much. It was hammy, mm. so I was laughing, and I wasn't supposed to. It, you were supposed, supposed to find to it horrifying, and it's like there's a difference between Rio and here, where it's just like one is clearly horrifying, the other one, eh, fuck this bitch, I'm out. I just I, I feel bad because I really liked it when she was aggressive and a, and a mean girl. Yes. And then once that switch flipped, literally flipped on a dime, and I was like, oh, honey, what happened? Yeah, I, I, I liked it, and then when the switch happened, I think a lot of it to me comes down with how the character in the show actually was written. And it is not, that way in the not, Japanese, too. Yes, and about to say, not necessarily Heather's fault to begin with. I think it's more the Arena's character that's the problem in this situation. If nothing else, it showed her range that she can yes. definitely flip. So good Absolutely. on you, girl. Good on you, girl. Now, at least just play crazy and not broken human being, then we yes. can talk. Because that sounded like a crazy girl, and I wanted to hear that. I want to hear that, but in a different show. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's go. Um, finally, Yuna, Megan Shipman. She was there. Who? You know me. I love Megan Shipman. She's my yuzu. The, here yes. she was just cute, and she was here. And that's really all I can say Her about only it. purpose yeah. was to serve as a foil for another character who I didn't care for. So, like, it's just... 
Okay. And it's it's not it's not a bad performance. It's just no. she it's the fault of the character. The, this class so. is yep. too big. That's the problem. No, yes. no one gets enough development. There's too many. Like, there, there are some that do. Yep. But then it's like there's a difference between this and say something like Assassination Classroom, where I felt I knew every single character. Here, I felt like they had the spotlight on a few characters that I really cared for, and then a lot of them were just like, oh, I'm, I'm here to be axed off. King's Game suffers, I, I really think, suffers from the problem of trying to do too much in so little time. Twelve episodes. Yes. Exactly. And I like how you bring up Assassination Classroom as an example, because Assassination Classroom is not only a two-core show, it's also two cores for two fucking seasons. Yeah, but even then... Even and they managed... No, 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 I'm... No, I'm just saying, like, in, even with those two seasons and, like, 40-plus episodes, they flesh all this out a hell of a lot more than King's Game, Game did in 12 episodes. So that's more problem circumstance with it trying to do too much in such a short time. You could take a cross-section even... of 12 episodes of Assassination Classroom and it'd be better than this. Very well, true. Anything would be better than this, except maybe High School of the Dead. But let's not yeah. go there. Let's not go there. But yeah, like this, this. I mean, I I like Megan as Yuna. She was really adorable, and she did act as the foil for Heather. Um, but unfortunately, Yuna just kind of is there too. She did. She did. She did. Let's go. All right. So ready to move yes. on? Choo choo, motherfuckers! All right. So this is where we're really going to start seeing more of a breakdown between um, the present day and the past timeline. Uh, next is a group of three. We have three ladies, two of which are in the present day timeline, one of which is from the past. We have Aimee Muraza Murazumi, excuse me, uh, who is Natsuko's, Natsuko's quote unquote best friend because Natsuko is a crazy fucking bitch. Um... And Aimee always seems to come to her defense and is just easily manipulated by Natsuko. Uh, but she eventually does smarten the fuck up in the end in order for her to fucking die. Um, we have <laughs> Again, nobody survives in this show. Everyone fucking Nobody dies. has a happy ending. Yep. We have Mizuki Yuki Mora, uh, who is also in the present day timeline. She is a... She... The main thing and the reason why I want to talk about her and um, another character, Kenta, who we'll discuss later, um, the Kenta and Mizuki go with Nobuaki to this old deserted village where supposedly the first King's game actually began. Um, and she kind of follows him around. She has a thing for Kenta. She kind of does snap a little fucking bit. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. And then we have Nami Hirano. Uh, she is from the past timeline when the first King's Game Nobuaki was involved with happened. Uh, she she has a crush on Nobuaki despite Nobuaki already having a girlfriend, Chimi. Um, but she, she, oh god, her story. So she's given an order by the king to decide, a, decide an order for herself to achieve. Uh, and she decides to order herself to touch the king. Because the suspicion is, is that the king is someone in their classroom. We find out it's not. And Nami's punishment is eternal darkness. A.K.A. she goes blind. So she decides, uh, instead of putting up with this suffering. And um, also to help Nubuaki. Because Nubuaki's new order after that 
was losing something important to him, uh, she decides to commit suicide. I'm going to sacrifice myself for the greater good, guys. She was a good oh, girl. God. She's a good girl. Too good uh, and pure for this world. Before we talk about them, can I just say that my favorite line in the entire series was, I can't believe you fell for that, right before somebody fell off a cliff. <laughs> that was nice. the best. Thanks. Nice. Sorry. Sorry. Please continue. Okay. So the three ladies who are voicing these characters is Aimee. We have Lindsay Seidel, who has been in Daigoronpa the Animation, the new Kino's Journey, as well as Psychopaths. Mizuki is voiced by... Gigi's goddess, Brittany Lada. The goddess is here. Who has been in series such as Alice and Zoroku, Darling, who is currently in Darling in the Franks, uh, who was also in the Morose Mononokian. As for Nami, she is voiced by Jill Harris, who has been in series such as Black Clover, Fuka, and Hioka. Who would like to go first in talking about these three ladies? Um, Which of us three ladies are going to talk about I, these I, I will. I'll, I'll go first. Um, okay, Zen. I actually think? really liked these three characters, and I think out of the female cast, these are some of the ones that really do stand out. Um, Aimee, um, I really like the voice for, especially because she showed um, both sides of the character and how she wants to really... She wants everyone to come together, um, but she also wants to help her friend, who, like, she knows she's being manipulated, but at the same time, she can't really get out of that, and I really felt, like, the vul the vulnerability of the character and um, the interactions that she has with the main character, and when she finally gets that hope, I was really like, okay, I'm all for this, especially because, like, you know, he keeps giving hope to everyone, and then all of a sudden, she just sacrifices herself to uh to save the main cast and i'm just like yeah i get it you're going to kill off all the characters but what was the point of having her around if you're going to give this great like character dynamic and not do anything with it because she never stops believing in her supposed best friend um but she does sacrifice herself for the main character it's, it's kind of weird um this show is weird uh but yeah i really enjoyed the performance i thought like you said you said she was in Danganronpa. Who did she play again? Celestia. Celestia. Okay, that makes sense. I did hear that in the character. Like, it's it's great voice actress and great voice acting here. Um, I just felt like the character was kind of wasted. Um, and then Nami. Nami, I really enjoyed her character, and I think she she deserved way better because um, the voice actress did a great job of making you feel for all of her struggles. Up until she went blind, and then it was just like, oh god, it's hard being blind. And I'm like, yeah, I get it, you weren't blind before. But, like, I, I don't know, like, the, the, there are parts of the tragic nature of this character that I liked. But there are parts of it where I was just like, you know, you, there are other people that are important to the main character that could have been sacrificed. Um, and that's a problem with the story, not with the, with the, um the 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 voice actress i think the voice actress did a great job um and who is the third one mizuki uh the the twin tail girl who went to the uh that abandoned village with nobuaki oh i think she i think she was good um she wasn't given enough to do obviously like she had her own struggle about like she had to tent send text messages um telling people to die uh and like there there are ways that they could have written around this so she could have, like, you know, saved it. Because the way I'm thinking about it, she probably could have sent text messages to people who are already dead. Um, that might have been a disobedience. I don't know, but she could have found a way around it. 
Um, There's so much logic you're trying to put into this right now. Um, especially because yes. angry. Because later we find out <laughs> that you, dead people can be punished. Because um, that 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 was a thing that happened in the final game. But whatever. I think her performance was great. Um, and then she had a little mini freak out near the end where I'm just like, okay, this is a new character dynamic and um i don't know how i feel about you anymore but i think the voice actress delivered it well Gigi, did you want to go next or you want me to go next you know i might as well i might as well talk about these people um so nami um when nami came on screen and i heard jill harris's voice come out of her this was the point where i said um the girls are too good for this show Because I when was, you saw Jill, yes, because I was nice. having a lot of problems in the beginning with a lot of the male performances, and I was like, I don't get this. I was like, you know, everybody's dying. I was like, when is somebody gonna blow me away? And it was Nami, mm-hmm. so um, she just the performance was way too good for this show. I loved Nami, not character wise, but I love the performance of Nami. Um, Aimi, this was not my favorite. Um, I I felt that the character should have had a lot of levels because she has such an internal struggle with whether mm-hmm. she wants to go with the group or whether she wants to go with Natsuko. With is her friendship gonna you know flip and is she gonna help her friend who's really not that big of a friend or is she gonna stay with the group? It could have had a lot of levels to the performance. And unfortunately for me, all I got was a lot of pathetic whining and then a lot of anger. Like, I just, I felt that there could have been so many more levels. I know, me saying there should have been so many more levels to a garbage show. (laughs) But other characters and other actors and actresses did it. So I just don't know why I felt this way about this character. Mm -hmm. But you know me, I'm the one who said more freak noises and kakigurui. So, um, and then... My goddess, Brittany Lotta, who plays Mizuki. Um, this is actually one of the first times I've heard her voice act as opposed to direct. And I saw that she put the clip, I believe the clip where Mizuki flips to crazy in her demo reel. And I'm glad mm. she put that there because it really sh- definitely shows sides uh, or sides of her range. Um, girl, she tried. She tried so hard. For this pathetic, pathetic character. Um, and she did absolutely everything that she could to make this character work on any kind of level. I I'm, I mean, I'm not a fan of the character, but I did like her more in the English, which is, you know, my high compliment. Because the goddess Brittany Lotta voiced her. Um, <laughs> she tried so hard. She tried so hard. That's That's all you got? That's that's what I have. Yeah. Okay. Uh that leaves me. I think the big thing with these three characters that's a commonality and I ironically as I'm sitting here thinking about it and I unintentionally put these three together is an amount of vulnerability that these three ladies had to show and in different ways. Um and I think they all pulled that up very well. With Lindsay as Aimee, she has, she's a tough, straight girl. Like, why are you picking on my friend? Like, what are you doing? You're a creeper. And then she questions everything once Natsuko decides to be 
fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Other theme of the night, Natsuko's, Natsuko's fucking crazy. And um, she kind of starts questioning it and she becomes a victim of her manipulation. And how Lindsay portrays all of those sides for Aimee, I think it was actually really well, rather well done. Um, not really one of my standouts in the whole show, but how she became so vulnerable and easily manipulated um, is very interesting to see that side from Lindsay. Uh, Brittany Lauda as Mizuki. What I write? Uh, Brittany. She, she also shows such vulnerability as well, like I was saying before, as uh, Mizuki. But I also have to agree with Gigi uh, that when she kind of snapped a little bit, because I haven't heard Brittany Lotta snap yet, and I think, well, because this is probably the second show I've actually released. Well, hold on. She was also in Alice in Zoroka, but I can't remember her role in Alice in Zoroka right now. So I'm really only talking about Darling in the Franks. Um, this is really the second time where I've really recognized her in a role. And, um,. This is completely different compared to Ichigo in Darling in the Franks, and it shows a different side of her range, like Gigi was saying, because she has those those little moments where she does, like, the, the switch kind of flips, and she goes a little nutty. And it was, it was a treat to watch it, and I enjoyed it a lot. And then Jill is Nami. I mean... I have yet to say any say anything bad. I think about Jill as an actress, and that's not happening today either. Um, Jill just plays Nami is such a sweet, sweet girl who's just trying her best to stop the game, and it doesn't pan out very well <laughs> for her. For anyone, um, and it's. Yeah. yeah, I think despite having so many deaths in the show, Nami's story in and of itself is, at least how I see it, is probably one of the more tragic ones oh, in the yeah. show. Like, honestly, yeah. I, these three characters had kind of a, they, they got the shaft big time in terms of the mm -hmm. show, but I liked these three right. characters because of what they were going through and their struggles, and Nami's, I think, hit the most home especially because yeah. of the voice acting but it's a it's a it's a shame because i feel like they could have been around longer because they were great characters right it's the japanese source material writing like she didn't have to jump into the river but she did or the mm -hmm. lake or the ocean whatever she what, didn't have to, she a didn't body have to of herself. water yes. it was a body we never of saw water. what happened she just said she just started walking to the water she wrote I love you in the sand, which is somehow still there hours later, and then gets washed away. <laughs> we don't as, know if it's hours time later. Goes by. Logic. But anyway, that I'm putting logic, logic into this. It, it was Yes, you're putting logic into this um, again. But yeah, I really I, I really like Jill as Nami. It was sweet and innocent and it definitely played up as one of the more tragic stories of the show, mm -hmm. dis despite there being such a huge cluster of characters in this damn series. Um are we, are we good to yeah. move on? Choo-choo. All right. So from here on out, minus Nobuaki at the end, we're going to be doing pairs. The next two. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. I'm going to have words because I feel sorry for this motherfucker. Ugh. So uh, Teruaki Nagita 
and uh, who is part of the present day timeline, uh, who is in the class, and uh, <laughs> he wants to be a hairdresser. He wants to be a hairdresser, but he kind of goes through a lot of fucking shit. Because he's an idiot. Well, no, 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 no. He's not an idiot. I don't think he's an idiot. He but tried too God, hard. He tried too hard. Uh, the other, we'll get it. I'll, I'll, we'll get into more details in a minute with that one. Um, then we have Yosuke Ueda, who is in our first Kings game, who's in the flashbacks. Um, the reason why we really wanted to cover him is um, during his episode where he's a major character in, uh, he actually ha- has been doing a lot of research on the King's game to see if there he could find any clues on how to stop it. And he's actually the one who comes across the story of the first King's game out of this deserted village, uh, which eventually Nobuaki uh, takes Kenta and Mizuki to during the second game. So, the individuals voicing these characters. I'm going to start with Yosuke. Uh, Yosuke is voiced by Alejandro Saab, who's hey, been, in, he's been in a series such as Akiva's Trip Joker game. And currently, as currently again, uh, reprising his role from My Hero Academia, Teruaki. I feel bad for this man. <laughs> it's Matt Shipman. Hey. Who's, who's been serious as such as, well, he's actually currently in Darling in the Franks as a hero. Uh, he's also been in I Know Kusabi and Go Sick. <coughs> I'm kind of going to have to start on this because... Um, I made her put the... I know Kusabi for a reason. Yes. Uh, here, here... <laughs> so, when I was saying earlier that there was a character that I felt so sorry for and the most sympathy for, it was Teruaki, and here's why. This is the progression of events that Teruaki has to fucking go through. So, when the King's Game starts, him and Natsuko get an order that they have to hook up. Of course, this is before crazy fucking Natsuko is a thing. Once that happens, they have sex. They has the sex. <laughs> you were so hesitant with that. You're like, they have sex. <laughs> so, so here we go. So Matt Shipman had to fuck the crazy bitch in the show. <laughs> there you go. There we go. Um... He gets his phone stolen from him because he overhears Natsuko wanting to try and plan a, something in order to kill Nobuaki. Then he comes up with a plan of his own that during this game where you have to eat, you have to break fingers to either give positive or negative points to other people, he breaks his entire left hand and a finger on his right hand in order to give Natsuko like negative four fucking points. So there goes his dreams of being a hairdresser at the window. And then in the end, despite surviving that and getting his arm in a cast and all this shit, he gets decapitated because one of the key rules of the King's game is you can't quit partway through. So the ploy where he broke his hand was in order to get his and Nobuaki's phones back from Natsuko. However, he didn't check his phone after he got it back because Natsuko blocked the King's number. Which, in and of itself, counts as him leaving the game (laughs) partway through. Angry! I'm so angry! So mad. So I feel so bad for this character 
And oh, sweet baby Jesus. I'm sorry, Matt. You had you, your character had to fuck the damn crazy bitch. I am so sorry. There, there is a rule that you have to live by. Never put your dick in crazy. It always ends badly. <laughs> always. Oh, well, well, he had the choice of either putting his dick in crazy or dying. He didn't even have that choice. He had to go to him like a goddamn. She was stallion. going to do it in public yeah, so too because she started die. undressing. She's like, she let's was. get it on right here. Like Because she fucking Teriyaki is gay as shit. Yeah. Oh god. I didn't get the gay part. Well, However, this is why, okay. He, he so wants to be up. a hairdresser. Rio is, is his sweetheart. <laughs> Hello, his little boyfriend BL with Rio. He, Don't he forget. Do Rio bought he him clear, a fucking hat so they can He clearly did not okay, like okay, any okay. of the, the, the insane girl fucks, <laughs> so it's it's all good. Okay, okay, okay. Regardless of all that, there's a reason why I feel so bad for Teruaki, and it's because of Matt Shimon's performance as Teruaki. <laughs> like, oh my god, I had the, I wrote like at least two different notes on two different occasions about this. Uh, let's see. He had to... Okay. My exact words, I think, were for my second note. Matt seems to end up in a lot of damn shitty situations. First, sex with the crazy. Second, phone stolen by the crazy. Third, breaks all his fingers and then dies because bitch is a bitch. <laughs> Since being introduced to Matt Shipman as an actor back when I watched Sick and talking about Sick, um, I've really enjoyed the progression of his range and his his capabilities as an actor and <laughs> like the fact that this is the one character that I feel so bad for says a lot <laughs> <laughs> says a lot out of this amalgamation of amalgamation clusterfuck of all these characters the fact that Matt was able to get to me and make me feel sorry for Teruaki I gotta give him kudos for it because dear god that poor boy <laughs> i mean it was there was a mix of vulnerability there was a mix of determination and courage in him and as there was also playfulness too because after he got his um arm casted up at the hospital uh, the first thing he does when he sees Nobuaki again is he kicks him in the back for no fucking reason. <laughs> Just to kind of, and his excuse is to lighten the mood. And there there were quite a, few, quite a few facets for Teruaki's character that had to be played in a short span of time. Because we mostly saw Teruaki in the second half of the show. And not even for that long. So him playing all these different facets and playing them in a great way for me to feel sorry for this guy... I gotta give Matt kudos for that. Um, as for Alejandro Saab, it's very rare for me to actually see Alejandro play more, s more smart, uh, s more smart, straight characters. More, not necessarily, because a lot of times I'm more associated with him in um, comedies. It's very rare for me to see him in a, at least a very large named character or role as this in a dramatic way. Uh, I know my hero is one of the exceptions to the rule, but his character in that is um, very minor. And then Joker Game was just one episode. <laughs> um, but I liked what he did with Yusuke's character. 
his, his death was so bad. So gruesome. Like, the, the, the noises he had to make when he was like, <laughs> his limbs were being dismembered and he was just like freaking the fuck out. <sighs> Again, kudos to you as well, Alejandro, for, t- for managing to pull that off. But um, yeah, between these two, for me, absolutely, the star of this pair or this show is Matt Shipman as Terawaki because he goes through so much fucking shit. You do not put your dick in crazy. Stop it. Oh my god. Who's next? Me, 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 me. Before Go. I talk about Terawaki because I have so many words, big shout out to my, my, what the hell did I call him? Now I can't even remember what your new name was. My damn hot cinnamon roll or some shit like that. What? Alejandro Saab. Look at the citrus episode and I forgot what I called him. Oh no. Um, Because I called him a pure and innocent cinnamon roll and not to make him be slutty Blake Shepard-ish character. Dave Trosco actually voiced him. And Noah was like, call him something else. And I was I can't remember what it was. I think it was a damn hot cinnamon roll or something like that. Anyway, I think his performance here had like a slightly lower tone yes. than I was used to. Yep. Um, and I felt it was a little more subdued, which is what the character needed and was really good. Um, he was Captain Exposition, which mm-hmm. the show greatly needed. And let me tell you, his exposition parts were the ones I understood. So thank you very much for being Captain Exposition, I I. And this character actually reminded me of, um, I know, Steph, you've seen parts of it, Zen, I don't know if you have, Mm -hmm. um, of when he did the Let's Play of Doki Doki Literature Club. Yes, 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 The whole tone of this character reminded me, like, of that Let's Play. Okay, yep. Because I I was like, okay, I I know what you're going for here, and I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Teruaki. Oh, Oh, God. God. (laughs) All right. So... Losing so, it, I'm sorry. I have a major problem with this performance, and I I don't know what if it's I think it's a directing issue, or just the fact that they forgot. In episode one, he had an accent. By episode seven, when he came back, he didn't have an accent. I didn't. Here's the here's the thing. I'm gonna. I I'm sorry. I have to jump in. It's I didn't catch him having an accent in the first episode. You wouldn't unless you'd seen it four times like I had. Fair. But he also didn't say much in the first episode. He said, I'll cut your hair. Basically. Oh, shit. Like, girlfriend, I'll cut oh, your shit. hair. You say the exact line. I can kind of hear it now. Fuck. You might be right. And then when he comes back, it's gone. Now, I don't know if that is just a case of he forgot, the direction forgot, something forgot, or just a case of my character has gone through so much sticking my dick in crazy (laughs) that now I'm not as fabulous anymore. Like, yes, I still want to be a hairdresser to the stars. Don't get me wrong. I'll put glitter and rainbows all over everything. But the voice was different. And I don't know why that was, but this is the character that by this time they knew that it was garbage. The performance could have been totally ham. And then in episode eight, where he stops the fucking game to give Nobuaki a haircut. Yes. Which is the second biggest jump the shark moment for me in this show. Not the first, but the second. I was just like, there could have been so much more here. There could have been so much more here. And 
there wasn't. Why did Terrawaki have to fucking die, Natsuko, you bitch? Like, I just... It could have been so fabulous. It could have been so fabulous. And it, it, and they played it straight. Literally played it straight. It could have been very camp. Teruaki is still a good boy. And Matt Shipman still did a great job with all the levels that he had to go through. Minus the fact that I didn't like his choice that he made in this game. But I just, oh, that just, it, it bothered me. Like, cause I, when I watched it the first time and I knew we were going to go back and have to do impressions, I was like, okay, let me see who these guys were in the beginning of the show. So I know by the end who I have to look out for completely different, completely different. So that just blew my mind and had, it gave me trouble trying to realize which character was who as the show went along. Because once he stuck his dick in crazy, I was like, I don't remember that dude. <coughs> And then once he got out of it, I was like, oh, yeah, he was the hairdresser. But he's different now. So I don't know. I just, I, it just really, you know, the things that really bother me. And this is one of it's them. It's always the accents. But it's always the accents. But his performance was still good for everything that he was given direction wise and the things that the character called for i just wish for a little more continuity okay i get you zen how do you feel about these two i think both the performances were great i mean i don't have much to add to what you said because um well i well i did feel for Tarawaki and uh yosuke um to me they were good performances but these characters aside from really Tarawaki, didn't stand out as much i mean obviously Tarawaki mm. had the whole bit and Yosuke had, like, the research, but th these weren't the characters that I cared about the most. Um, unfortunately, like, I, I wished there was a happy ending for Teruaki, but knowing the way the show was going, it wasn't going to happen. So, at this point, I was just, like, I, I was strapped in for the ride. It was just, like, you know, people people going to die tonight. So, um, I, felt, I felt bad for other characters, but that's just because, like, my... This show tries to give you hope that people are going to survive. What you have to understand is everyone's going to die. So it's like... No, my, my thing is, and this is probably what solidified me feeling so bad for Teruaki. The post-sex scene? When Natsuko is playing with the condom? Yeah, yeah. It's just... Mm. I'm just like... I wanted to just throw up. Because <laughs> I'm like, that's disgusting. And Terawaki's just like cowering. And I'm like, oh, Yeah, he, he enjoyed <laughs> none of that. And I'm just like, Ooh. no. No. Yeah, like I said, never stick your dick in crazy. It, it only ends badly. No. Um, but Alejandro no. did a great job. And so did Matt Shipman. Thanks for the BL, Matt yeah. Shipman. Thank you for making Funimation dub a BL. <laughs> Terawaki plus Rio. Christ. All right. R.I.P. We're going to move on to two ladies of this convoluted story. So from our present day storyline, uh, we have Riona Matsumoto, uh, who she doesn't really have a lot to do with, and again, until the second half of the show. Uh, and uh, she kind of develops feelings for Nobuaki after being encouraged and getting so much hope from him all throughout this crazy game. 
Uh, and she she actually technically is the winner of the King's Game at the end of it. But because we spoiled it from you from the beginning and saying that no one survived, she uh she took Nobuaki's body, dragged it to the ocean, laid with him for a bit, kissed him, then dragged him into the ocean and she fucking drowned herself. But what if she did survive and that's why we got the to be continued at the end? See, that's where this made me angry and it makes no fucking sense well, because according to logic, the only way it would continue is if she were still alive. Here's, here's the thing we also got to remember. And I was and I actually mentioned said this to Zen earlier when she was saying the same thing in um, our little Twitter chat. There was another game that was going on before that one. Where, from what we... At the from, same time? It was before the the present day game, but it also does not explicitly state that Natsuko was involved. So it's made to assume that that's a completely different game entirely. I got I got you now. Now I understand. So okay, it's... So, so it's... Either, either yep, way... It's very possible that... It's very possible that multiple games could happen and multiple there could be multiple winners to pass that virus on in, to others. It's because I mean, okay. to be fair, we're probably going to get into this when we talk about Natsuko and Chimi a bit more, but this has to be said. There was a man in Yonagi Village, the deserted village, who was trying to find two people, and that virus ended up with two people. So it can get split okay. to other people. You know what I mean? Okay. The logic makes sense now. See, look, guys, we used logic and we could figure out the King's game. Why couldn't the writers the do that? Uh, but the other character we're talking about, Rhea Iw Iwamura, uh, she is in the past, the flashbacks that we see in the first half of the show. Uh, Rhea is very, very quiet, very stoic and cold. Um, and she is another person who is trying to do a lot of research into how to stop the King's game. Uh, but... And this is, I think, when Z when Zen freaked the fuck out and got mad. Um, <laughs> this is when you I freaked, freaked out. out That's what mad. it was. So Rhea thinks she knows how to stop the game. So when it's just her, Nobuaki, and Chimi left uh, during the first game, she's like, "I'm gonna crack the code, like getting here hacker style," and uh, essentially. She tried shutting the game down internally. Apparently, that's considered breaking the rules of uh, trying to quit the game early for some reason. And the game was like, nah, fuck this. I'm going to set a bitch on fire. <laughs> that was basically but it. But what? The angry part was that she stood there and gave a six-minute soliloquy while the bitch was on fire. <laughs> She was just done at that point. I don't care what kind of logic you have. If there's any kind of logic in your brain, if you want to say that she really wasn't on fire, that the fire was in her head, and she just thought she was on fire, nobody's going to fucking stand there on fire and talk. Nobody's going to get their throat slit and talk. Nobody's going to get decapitated and still be able to talk. The dude who got all his limbs cut off, he's not going to be able to fucking talk. God damn it, this show makes me so angry. There we go. Uh, so anyway, the two individuals voicing these characters as Riona, 
Uh, we have Tabitha Ray, who has been in series such as Degashi Kashi, Kato the Right Answer, and Sarah of the End. Meanwhile, Rhea is voiced by Michaela Krantz, who has been in series such as, actually, currently, uh, Cardcaptor Sakata, uh, Clear Card. She has also been in Drifters and Overlord. Who would like to go first? Um, I'll go first, because uh, these characters... These characters were actually down. two of my favorite in the show, to be honest. Um... I, I have a thing for the stoic, like, quiet girl badass, and um, Rhea, like, I really liked Rhea, especially because she's one of the few that actually had, like, a really uh, engaging backstory, and she's around for a while, and she has a reason for being the way she is, and it's not part of the game. Like, there's they don't really delve into a lot of backstories that aren't part of the game, um, but Rhea does a great job. Plus, I love her outfit. She has this great fashion style. She has cool hair. I like her. Um, I thought she was really, really well-voiced. Uh, Michaela Cranst, um, you know, she plays her, uh, both vulnerable and, and stoic and badass at the same time because she d she's one of the few who pretty much just seals herself off um, and it's explained in her backstory, but she seals herself off, she does her own thing, and then she tries to stop the game when it becomes a thing, and she tries to do it at any cost while still trying to save everyone, and the level of determination you can tell in her voice, especially at the very end, and yes, the on-fire soliloquy was kind of stupid, but I'm, I'm of the opinion that all of these deaths are kind of perceptive, like, they're not really happening but either way even though that's stupid i felt like her final words and sacrifice and vulnerability were, were very well voice acted so i'm fine with that um riona on the other hand is the character who i was shipping nobuaki with because i thought she was a fantastic character she tried to do a bunch of research on the game um when everything was like happening around her she tried to help out when she lost hope both she and Nobuaki worked together, and she was the one of the three final characters in the opening theme song, so I was hoping that they would end up together, and that there would be like a, a hopeful end to the game. I was optimistic, but the thing is, I, I like her as a character, ah. I like her as a person, and whenever Nobuaki tries to be a martyr and do something stupid, she kicks him in the balls, slaps him in the face, and says, I like you. Can you stop trying to kill yourself? Let's get through this together. And I liked that. I liked her character. Um, she was a little bit less vulnerable than the others because a lot of the time she would just wanted either things to end or she wanted to move forward with Nobuaki. But she has enough complexities for me to really like her. Plus, she was around for a lot of the game to the point where I'm like, okay, I can get behind her. So yeah, both of these characters are are some are my favorite female characters. Um, really, really well voice acted, voice cast, um, and I really felt for both of these. These two are also very interesting performances to me as well. Um, Michaela, Michaela is probably the one I'm more familiar with between her and Tabitha, because really Tabitha, I really only know her for Hotaru and Dagashikashi at this point in time, really. <laughs> um, but Michaela, this is a rather different side of Michaela that I haven't really seen because I've seen her in the more comedic roles. I've seen her in fucking crazy roles 
if we're gonna talk about Clementine from Overlord. Um, and I've seen her in more dramatic and serious roles. Rhea is, basically as you described her, is this very stoic, cold, yet rather vulnerable character. And it's very interesting to see Michaela play this kind of character. Um, to be fair though, she wasn't really interested in saving anyone. She just wanted to win the game. And if that meant defeating the king internally, she was like, fuck this noise, I'ma do it. And then she got set on fire. Uh, <laughs> but um, playing so many facets of Michaela's character, uh, wow, Rita's character, Michaela did this very well, including that backstory, which um, Zen didn't really explain it. Uh, she was sexually abused by her dad. Uh, that's the big backstory, and that's why she's so distant from other people and very skeptical about people and just doesn't want to trust people. Um, and that's, while it is a very, very serious bit of exposition and backstory that we hear about, when you hear it, it does make sense. And Michaela, she honestly does very well with the character. Tabitha is probably the surprise for me between the two. Because this is probably a lower register than what I'm used to hearing Tabitha play. Um, compared to compared to Degashikashi or Kado or other roles like that. And it's also a bit of a different character because it's a more dramatic character. Like, Riona can be fairly similar to Hotaru and Tagashikashi. However, because she's a more dramatic character and Riona, for the most part, she puts on a tough act. Uh, the tough, the tough girl act and this mask of being the pretty popular one, when in reality, she's just this sweet, innocent girl who just kind of just wants to be a normal girl. She just happens to be popular and all this crap. And, yeah, it's very different for me to hear Tabitha play this different kind of character and use this different kind of range that I'm used to seeing her play, and I very much appreciate that all around, honestly. Um, it was It's definitely one of my favorite female performances of the show, to be honest. So I'm going to talk about my girls now. Uh, both of them were the best girl for me of their here, specific game here, here. in the anime as a whole. Yes. In the anime as a whole, um, if you guys don't know, the seiyuu for the Japanese, Rhea, actually sings the ending song. Hmm. So I don't know if that was stunt casting or not, but she's really cool. Um, and other than Crazy Natsuko, um, Michaela, Michaela's performance was my favorite English one of a secondary character in okay. the whole show. Like, I just loved it. Um I I thought she played it very stoic and very cool and I will stop talking about this after I get this done but I just can't get past the lack of emotion when she was on fire. <laughs> I don't This girl is on fire. Japanese. <laughs> this girl is on fire but not in a good Alicia Keys Damn it. Way. Like I just, I needed, I needed somebody to acknowledge that she was on fire, like, in the Japanese or in the English, and no 
nobody did it. Nobody said, uh, Rhea, you're on fire. You might want to stop, drop, and roll. And just the stoicism of her performance. Yes, it was this way in the Japanese also. But I know by this point in the English dub, they would have known the show was garbage. It just, I felt something else could have been done with it. That's a directing choice. For playing the stoic, cool girl, Michaela Krantz was my favorite female performance here. Now, Riona. Oh, man. Riona was my absolute favorite character in the Japanese. Like, as soon as I saw her in the second half of the show with her bitchy tsundere on, I was like, Baka, yes, I love you. I liked Riona as a character so much because she was just like girly and she was like, I hate you. And I was like, oh, you are Sundari. You know, I like Sundari girls. Um, there's there's so many. Again, this is another thing where there's so many levels to this character. And I got super bitchy Sundari Valley girl up until the end when I didn't feel any level of crazy. But I did feel the the passion behind her performance and her love for Nobuaki. I just, I, I felt it more in the Japanese. I felt the levels a lot more. Um, so that's why Rhea took my, took my favorite crown in the English while Riona took my favorite crown in the Japanese. Um, I, I think some of the, the things with Riona were played up way too much in the vocal performance. But soft Riona was real good. I liked soft Riona. Soft Riona's a good girl. So I was kind of disappointed in that. But I mean, what are you going to do, right? What are you going to do with this show in general, honestly? Um, <laughs> um, never watch it again. That's Same. Thank God. Choo-choo. Choo-choo, motherfucker. All right, we got three groups left. Uh, our next pair, we're going to talk about a couple of boys. Um, essentially, these two are the two best guy friend characters, quote unquote, uh, for each of the storylines. So we have from the present day storyline, Kenta Akamatsu. Uh, as previously mentioned, he goes to the abandoned village with Nobuaki and Mizuki. Uh, but probably one of the big important things, too, is um, at the beginning of the show, when nobody's believing the fucking word Nobuaki says and they're beating the shit out of him and he's near death because people are beating the shit out of him. Kenta comes running along because we haven't seen Kenta yet. And he's like, the fuck you guys doing? Why is he on the ground? Why is nobody helping him? Y'all are crazy. And then he leaves with him. Uh, Mizuki goes with him. Uh, the other big thing, though, we probably should have mentioned this with Mizuki too. Uh, Mizuki has a crush on Kenta, and Kenta actually does have a crush on Mizuki as well. Hence why Mizuki kind of flipped the switch and go crazy, because she was like, I can use my order to kill us both, and we cannot suffer! <laughs> um, but anyway. And then we have Naoya Hashimoto, who is Nobuaki's friend during the first, uh, Kings game he was involved with, so this is the past, the flashbacks. Ugh. Fucking Nalia. Poor Nalia. This other kid goes through so much shit. <sighs> Just to give an idea of how much shit he has to go through. He not only has to try and win a popularity contest. He uh, takes one for the team, rolls a die, and kills six people plus himself, basically. And he also had 
the, he also had sex with Nobuaki's girlfriend, Chimi, but it wasn't exactly by choice. It was the king's order. I forgot about that. It was the king's order. And it was order. while he was unconscious, and, so he didn't even know, yeah. and he, he refused. Oh, no, he knew about it after the fact. He knew after the fact, He, he refused like, because he didn't want to betray uh, Chimi and Nobuaki. And Nobuaki, um, yep. This game is This game is brutal. fucked, and it's like, that's the part of the thing that I liked. It was like, okay, all these different things, what's going to happen next? Mm. Who is going to survive? That's kind of the appeal of this type of media, because a lot of it is, yes, you yes. don't know who's going to live or die. Um, but when they start to introduce explanations and then drop that fucking ball, I'm like, fuck this shit, I'm out. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, the, 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 the gentlemen who are voicing these characters, for Kenta... We have Garrett Storms, who has been in series such as Token Rambo, Hadamaro, Prince of Stride, and Seraph of the End. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Naoya is voiced by Howard Wang, who has been in series such as Gamers, Nanbaka, and Yori on Ice. Who would like to start us off with their thoughts on Garrett and uh, Howard? I need to talk about boys. All right, you need to talk about boys and talk about boys. Let's go. I need to talk about boys, and I'm going to talk about my best boy in the entire show right here, and his name is Noya. Now yeah, yay! Now yeah, Naya. There's too many vowels in your goddamn name. <laughs> um, but when I was talking to Steph, I was like, she was like, which character should I put in? And I was like, you have to put in Howard Wang. Yes. You have to put she him in. She was like, I will. Um, she was like, I demand Howard Wang, and we discussed in this episode. I'm like, okay, I see your point. Let's go. <laughs> he he was my literal best boy out of everyone. Like I loved can't say his name howard wang so much like yes he was a pure innocent little cinnamon roll even up until the end when he royally got fucked um i just wanted him to live like he was the only one i cared about i was like that kid in the vest that kid in the kid vest has the gotta vest. live he's gotta and then he didn't he was actually one of the few characters i felt compassion for the only boy i felt compassion mm. for and I think that has, um, while I did like him in the Japanese, just the tone of Howard Wang's voice. And I've said this before. It's like friggin' butter. Like, it's so smooth. And even if he's screaming and, like, howling in pain and in and the fact that he's got to kill a bunch of people at one time, like... It doesn't deter from the fact that this character is super innocent and he only wants what's best for his friends. And I felt that so hard with Howard Wang's performance, which was, yes, other than one, which we'll talk about because crazy, the best one in the dub for me. I loved this performance so much. Like, and this was before like it got all garbagey like this is somebody playing it straight that i believed so howard wang gets all the kudos from me for playing the dude in the vest who i just wanted to live kenta oh kenta um i felt this is very different from most of the roles that garrett storms plays and i really like garrett storms i really enjoy him as a voice actor um i really also believed his performance up until the very end where he was confessing that he liked Mizuki and I was like, are you saying this because she's crazy or are you saying this because you like her? And I couldn't tell from the tone of voice, which kind of took me out of it. I just, you know, 
Funimation dub and more BL. Kenta plus Nobuaki. Another OTP. Good job. Because they had, I believe, more chemistry than him and Mizuki. So, <laughs> yeah, Nobuaki's getting with all the boys in this anime. Good job. Good job, Nobuaki. I just, yeah, I liked Kenta up until Mizuki had that flip. And then I couldn't tell what his intentions are. In the Japanese, I felt that his intentions really weren't that he liked her, like was in love with her, but more that he needed to protect her because he already had said he would protect her because he's a nice mm. guy. But here I couldn't tell what the character's intentions were, which is a misstep for me. But but Howard Wang taking it home. Mic drop. <laughs> Zen, did you want to go next? Why, yes, I would. Um, so I wasn't as big into Naoya as um, some of the other characters, um, mostly because, uh, unfortunately, he resembled too much of his other friend that died early on. And I actually cared much more for that first friend who died. Um, oh, 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 um, Daisuke, the kid with the guitar yeah, and like, shit. Yeah, like, the one with the guitar. And okay. I thought, like, the whole guitar setup, like, all that, that, like, he, him talking about his dreams was great. We don't really learn enough about Naoya. Like, we, we, we see him, and we see the struggles that he's going to for his best friend, but we don't learn all that much about him. Um, so I was like, I felt for his character, um, I, I'll agree with you, Gigi. I did feel for him a lot more than the other characters because he went through so much shit, but we don't learn enough about him. Um, I will say that he's very well voiced, um, but I gotta go with Kenta, because Kenta, Kenta was, like, I feel like he should have been the main character, because he was this character who was just a badass in pretty much everything that he did, he came in, he's just like, let's, let's go, let's save the day, let's protect everyone, let's do this, um, he was very much the leader character that I was looking for, um, I really liked his relationship with Mizuki, and I saw that kind of forming from the very beginning. It was a very well laid out relationship, and like the order that he he gave himself to protect Mizuki at all costs um, was a good one. It was stupid that he didn't just say, "Okay, well, um, my uh, my order is for uh, your order to be rescinded or something like that," because that would have been you know better. Um, but they gotta die. But that would also, but that would also turn this yes, into a better would, show. I, I was thinking of Logic. better outcomes Logic. in my head, unfortunately. But I liked Kenta as a character, and I thought his voice, voice acting was was top notch. Honestly, one of my favorites of the guys because he had this commanding presence. And you said it before, the moment where he just he came in is like, what the fuck you doing when when uh, when Nobuaki's yep. lying on the ground, and just like. I like this character. I kind of wish he had been the main character, to be honest. Okay. Uh, I, I'm i going to agree with a lot of stuff that both of you said. Uh, for Garrett Storms, I'm actually more used to him in Token Rambu. Yup, <laughs> yup. That that's why I was like... Mm. Now, now that I um have seen fucking Token Rambu, thanks, Megan. Um, but... How I feel about Garrett Storms as Kenta is probably a very different reaction than Gigi, uh, because this is this is a different tone of voice. I think this is the lowest in terms of his register I've seen him go, because I think he was also in Dance with Devils, and um, yes. he was also in Dance with Devils, and the tone of voice he used for that is similar to Kenta. 
But Kanta is lower tone compared to um, I don't yes. remember the freaking character's name um, off the top um, of my head. Ren. Ren, thank you. You're compared welcome. to Ren and Dance with Devils, Kenta is definitely a lower, lower pitch, lower tone than I'm used to hearing Garrett play, as well as a lower tone compared to effeminate fucking Kashu, uh, <laughs> which I love, by the way. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it, and another part of it really is is that he, he's the best friend character. This is a different kind of role that Garrett Storms is also taking because I haven't really seen him play the best friend character yet. And it's very refreshing and very different to see him play a completely different archetype uh, in this show. It, show, it, it goes to show how, how much we've come a long way from um, where we originally started when talking about Garrett Storms too, honestly. Um, I always liked Garrett Storms. I would like to put that out I there. I know you did. I was very hesitant. <laughs> but now I'm just like, you know what? I like him. He's good. He's a good He's boy. He's a good boy. We need him in more things now. Um, as for Howard Wang, another good boy who needs to be in more things now. Very good Very boy. Good boy. Um, I also, I think Howard is another, Howard and uh, as now he is another character I felt pretty bad for because uh, of all the shit he has to go through. Not as much as Teruaki, but um, I think that's more also because, kind of like what Zen was saying, we don't know a lot about now yet. I mean, at the very minimum with Teruaki, we learn that his dream is to be a hairdresser. We don't even get that from Naoya. And I think that's one of the reasons why I feel much more sorry for Teruaki compared to Naoya. But Naoya is probably a close second in terms of favorite boys in this show. And Howard, Howard Wang is just really innocent and adorable. And he's also good at playing the best friend. Uh, and he also needs to be in more things. Howard gives such a great amount of innocence uh, and maybe slight naivety to Naoya's character. And he's also an interesting contrast and balance with Nobuaki as well, where Nobuaki, once he re really starts taking this seriously, Nobuaki is just like petrified. Like of every single thing going on, he wants. He's so. He's very. He's very quick. He's very quick to move and wants to like go through all the stuff. And now he's just like, okay, you need to take a step back. Like, <laughs> like stop. Like he he now he's kind of to some extent uh, ends up as Nobuaki's voice of reason at certain points, and I think that's one of the big character traits in Naoya that he has to that Howard has to portray and I think he does that rather well but both of these performances are a lot of fun uh, and both Garrett and Howard need to be in more things because <laughs> again I have compared to like especially with Garrett because Howard is still relatively new compared to when I when we first talked about him I have a much bigger appreciation for these people now it's great uh we ready to move on Howard Wang to voice a soft boy in Free Season 3 because he reminds I'm, me of Nagisa. I'm ready. Oh God. I'm ready. Which is why I like him in this. All right, so. All right, choo-choo, let's go. So, we've gone through all this shit. Who's ready to talk about the crazy? I am. Finally. All right, so we're going to talk about essentially our two lead female characters of the show. Uh, one per game. 
So we have Natsuko Honda, the aforementioned crazy. Uh, the one you should never stick your dick into. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Natsuko... She, at the beginning of the show, she comes off as this really nice girl. Everyone likes her. Uh, she's very friendly, wants to be friends with everyone. We learn early on that her parents are dead, for one. And then, uh, once the King's Game starts, and essentially things start get to get rolling, she kind of loses, she kind of is, um, hmm, she crazy. Uh, <laughs> for lack of better words. <laughs> She's very competitive in this oh, King's God, game. Oh, God, yeah, because we actually, the big thing we find out with Natsuko, well, two, one of two things, actually. This isn't her first King's game. This is probably the second time she's had to play this game, similar to Nobuaki, who we'll talk about in a few minutes. Um, and then we have Chimi Honda, who is Nobuaki's dead girlfriend from the first game. <laughs> what happened to your girlfriend oh she went somewhere far away <laughs> oh love that reasoning okay she's dead um yeah chimi basically is there as a support essentially for the majority of the first game she ends up at least surviving to the final two after uh rita goes full on this girl's on fire <laughs> um and unfortunately she decides to sacrifice herself because the last order that the king gives to the two of them is to kill the person you love the most in five minutes. Which means she loved herself the most and not Nobuaki. Fair, fair, because she did kill herself. <laughs> but uh, the other big thing with these two, no, it's actually not a coincidence that both of these girls are last named of Honda. They're sisters. That's something we dun dun dun. There's, that's something we find out partway through the show, and once we find out, because that's the big key thing that Nobuaki finds out when he goes to Yonagi Village, because um, I guess their dad was one of the participants in among one of the earlier King's Games, and uh, he one of the things going on is like I have to see the two my two daughters. I have to tell them I'm sorry. So. If that were the case, it's probably implied that he passed the virus on to the two of them. And hence the King's Game for both of them. Logic. Logic. We're throwing it into a show that doesn't give us any. Anyway, the two individual ladies voicing these characters as Natsuko. We have Bryn April, who has been in series such as Assassination Classroom, Interviews with Monster Girls, and Shibai Rock. As for Chimi, it is Alexis Tipton, who has been in series such as Akka, 13th Territory Inspection Department, Noragami, and Sakada Quest. Who would like to go first? Um, I would actually like to go first this time. Because Go ahead. I think that these are the two best voice characters in the entire show. And while they're not necessarily my favorite, since I, you know, my favorite girls were um, Rhea and uh, Riona, or however you say, there are too many similar names. Anyway, the, the, the ones we talked too about many. before. I think these have the most presence and the most complexity since they're in it for the majority of the show. Um, obviously, Chimi's dead for a lot of it, and you know she's going to die, um, but they really do a good job playing up like what's happening with her. 
because you don't know when she's going to be killed off, and they do play around with that a few different times, but I just love how sweet and supportive and caring she is. Um, she's probably the most understanding girlfriend I have ever seen in my entire life, with all the stuff that she does uh, just to make sure that everything works out in the end. Um, and I really, really felt for their relationship. Like, uh, you know, screw Nobuaki. Uh, Chimi should have, like, you know, been the one to survive, to be honest, because she's a really, really good person. Um, and I just love everything brought up, brought forth in this performance. The vulnerabilities, the desperation, the um, sweet, bubbly nature. Um, she plays so many sides to this character who is just trying to see the good and see everyone survive, and I really loved what she did with it. Um, on the other hand, you have Natsuko, who um, originally seems like Chiemi. Like, she's she's very much um, bubbly and cute, and she's trying to help out uh, Nobuaki, who seems just like a dick. He's just like, oh, I don't want to have anything to do with anyone. And, um, and she seems like a good character at first, and then she keeps snapping, and the thing is, Natsuko, if you're going to voice act for her, you have to be able to snap on a dime because she does that. Like, her entire thing, her entire character is that she tries to play up um, being the crazy person in order to make it easier, to end other people's suffering so that only she has to go through the rest of the game. She plays the part of the crazy person um, in order to, because she says it's easier and less cruel for her to be the bad guy than for everyone else to be killed by other people's hands and suffer. And it's a very interesting character, very interesting character dynamic, but the voice acting is spot on. The, the way she's just like on a dime, she can act all sweet, and then she flips the crazy button, and then she goes back to being sweet. She plays everyone in so many different ways by being manipulative, and I really love what they do with it. So, wow. Okay. Uh, let me go real quick on Chiemi. Um, Alexis Tipton, again, like my goddess Brittany Lotta, did absolutely everything she could with this character. I She did everything she could. I thought it was a really great performance from her. Not one of my more memorable Alexis Tipton performances, but she played a cute girl, a cute good girl, doing cute good girl things, sacrificing her love and possible virginity to help out her, her boyfriend's BFF. So um, very cute, convincing. That was what made me like her performance in this was that she was convincing. Even when she was stupid and stabbed herself in the stomach, she was convincing. So good job, Alexis. Oh, God. Good job, Alexis Tipton. Now, oh, my God, have I been waiting so long for Bryn April to play against type in my predictions that I made for this show when nobody else was watching it. This was the one that I got right because I wanted Bryn April to play against type so hard. And she did a little bit in Citrus. But this was before Citrus, and this was so good. I was so surprised to hear Bryn April go batshit crazy. Like, she played this diabolic character who was sultry, who was sexy, who was batshit crazy violent. She gave me chills. 
She gave me chills at points with her por- for, with her performance as Natsuko. And, you know, for an April I love, she's like the little girl from First Love Monster, always in my heart. Cute Moe forever. Yeah, this this bitch ain't Moe no more. There's no more Moe. No such thing as Moe. Now, now that I... No such thing as Moe. Now that I know that Bryn April can play against the cute girl innocent type, I, I want to hear her do it all the time. And she got ham at the end. She was so ham at the end. And I was so excited for it. Even when her character had to do dumb things and was like, I'm in love with Nobuaki too. Because he kind of reminds me of this boy that I offed in my life. Oh, yeah, that was a thing. I'm, I was like... I will take it because you're good at crazy. She creeped me the hell out. And that's hard for a character and a voice to do in English, especially if it's a female character. So all my props go to Brit April. You are the winner. The winner of the King's Game in my heart. Okay. So I'm going to start with Alexis as Chimi. Um, Chimi is this sweet, innocent girl that is that you could be could be your best friend uh could be your girlfriend if you were probably a guy alexis plays it very well i mean alexis usually she'll play like the sweet cute little girl um that could be your best friend in any situation and um i enjoyed it a lot and um but some of the things that shimi has to go through not just in terms of killing herself but the scene she has with between no- her Nobuaki uh, and Harold Wang's Naoya when it came to uh, the hooking up thing, when Naoya was supposed to have sex with Chimi, yeah, she was she really was good in that she scene was great because you could you could tell that it was painful for her, like she never wanted to do that. She didn't want to hurt Naoya. Because Naoya, I believe at that point, was still a virgin, too. I don't think it, if it was ever... I think yeah, Naoya, so. Naoya, yes, but I don't think it was explicitly ever mentioned if Chimi was a virgin or not. Uh, I mean, they showed her and Nobuaki, like, hooking up, but we don't know the extent or fair. when their hookup was. True facts. So. Um, so, if it's the case where she's not a virgin, she's taking away something precious from Naoya. But she's also hurting Nobuaki in the process too because he's in any regular situation the if if the girlfriend cheated on the boyfriend the boyfriend would be upset and wouldn't want to happen in this case in order for the two of them to survive the boyfriend's like you gotta do it you gotta and the pain that both Alexis and Nobuaki who we'll talk about in a few minutes had to show during that scene specifically, this is after Naoya's knocked unconscious, just was was really good on Alexis's part. Um, as for Bryn, this is the first note I wrote down for the entire show. Word for word. Well then, Bryn is fucking nuts. <laughs> similar, to what, similar to what Gigi was saying, like this is go- Bryn going against type. Bryn is not the sweet, cute girl anymore. This is this isn't the cyan. This isn't uh, um, Hiori. This isn't freaking Krista anymore. This is bat shit, fucking insane. And 
despite her having that that sweet, innocent nature at the start of the show, the fact that she's able to flip the switch so easily shows how much of that sweet, innocent nature was just a mask at that point. But I do have to disagree with something that Zen was saying earlier of how she intentionally wanted to be the bad guy just to, just to keep everybody out of it. She just wanted to win the fucking game. Actually, in the final episode, when mm-hmm. she's dying, it does, it does, like, she states outright, like, she she leans on him, and she, like, falls on him, she's like, I, I love you, the only reason I did this was to, to play the bad guy. Like, she said that in the final episode. She said something, and I honestly, honest to God, couldn't hear yeah, what she said. Yeah, I honest to God couldn't hear it, because it I did was, not sound like something about uh, wish. Go back rating. and watch that scene. No. no! I don't want to watch the show again! Fuck that noise. No, but... I mean... My thing is, is because... Since Natsuko went through the game before... She knows how the shit works. She has seen some shit. She has done some shit. She fucking does not care. She does not care. She wants to survive again. She... She wants to survive again. She wants to just keep going with everything. And... Cause, oh my god, we didn't mention this. Did we mention this when we talked about Riona? The the story, the story. if you win the King's game, you either have to... You're given the order to either continue the King's game or you be punished. I don't think we, I don't think no, we mentioned the specific we order on that one. But yeah, that's the final order that's given to you once you finish the King's game and you're the last one standing. And Natsuko, good lord, she doesn't fucking care. And she's fucking crazy. Good lord. And the, for Brynn, this is definitely going against type. And I really, really loved it. It was so much fun. Probably, probably is one of my favorite performances of the, on the female side. Um, because of how surprising and yet so much fun she must have had throughout the whole process. Doesn't mean I like Natsuko. She's fucking irredeemable in my eyes as a character. Oh, true facts. God, Brynn must have had so much fun during that whole recording session for this character. Just like every week coming coming into the office, just like, oh, I get to I get to voice a crazy today. Hell yeah, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun uh, seeing Brynn as Natsuko. Are we good? To move on to our final character of the night. Yes, let's choo choo to the last. Yes, let, let's get let's get this Nobu- done. Nobuaki Kanazawa. He is our lead character. Uh, he, he he survives one king's game just to get his ass landed into another one. Uh, and his main thing is he's doing what he can. He's trying to learn from his experience from the first game that we see during the first half of the show, in order to help his current class survive um, in this new game he's involved with. Uh, but, of course, because the show says fuck you by the end, Nobuaki ends up dead because nobody's fucking safe <laughs> and fuck everything at this point. But yeah, Nobuaki ends up being killed in the end, unfortunately. He does at least last. Technically, he's what? The, the runner-up in a sense? Because Natsuko would probably take bronze in this situation. No, Natsuko comes back to life and kills him. Right. But 
Nobuaki's still at least conscious before she dies. Because he talks to Ryona. Oh, that's right. Another thing that makes me angry. Because <laughs> he's fucking... Fucking chainsaw, like, like cutting your damn neck. Of course you can talk. But he can still yes. talk. Anyway. Yeah, that's great. Your larynx is still Anyway, fine. But yeah, he's basically the runner-up in this King's game, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the individual voicing Nobuaki, uh, that would be one Kobe Lewin, whom, if you're not familiar with who they are... I'm not surprised because not really any of us are that familiar with who they are. Uh, Nobody the is. The only major character that this individual has actually voiced is Climb in the second season of Overlord. Otherwise than that, it's just been background characters for series like Black Clover and Ping Pong. Uh, but even then, it hasn't been that many roles under their belt. So, how do we feel about Kobe's performance as our lead Nobuaki? It's baby's first lead. Oh, no. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So, so again, like with most of the characters and performances in this dub, Kobe did everything they could for this wretched, wretched character. Nobuaki is basically a harem protagonist which means he doesn't really have that much of a personality and he pretty much is there for a to keep the plot sort of moving along and make you focus on one character and b to have all the girls fall in love with him why nobuaki is not that great he tries as a character he tries really hard to make everyone come together and he's very loyal but at the same time, in reality, he does nothing but everyone follows him blindly. Okay, so as for the performance, um, boy, Kobe, you sure got thrown into a dumpster fire, didn't you? I'm, I'm glad that you could find your way out to do other work. Thank God. Um, I feel that this performance had so many conflicting emotions in it, like, but they all were like, screaming or yelling about something or pain or exposition but he always has to be a good guy Nobuaki does but there's a layer of guilt under all of this because he knows in his head if he would have just killed himself this wouldn't be happening to anyone so everything has to be covered like with this layer of guilt I really felt that Kobe did a good job having that layer of guilt even in the beginning when we didn't know anything about Nobuaki like we knew that he's new at this school and he didn't want to be friends with anybody and why well who the hell knows and then oh my god it's King's game again but we didn't know throughout the whole anime that he had made a conscious choice to continue and he basically killed everyone mm -hmm. it's all his fault it's all Nobuaki's fault I think Kobe was really good at crying. <laughs> like, <laughs> wrote that note so much crying. Like there was so much crying and they were really good at crying. <laughs> here, here was my thought. I hope they continue to have, and I didn't write the rest. Um, so I, I hope they continue to have good roles in a career. And they're also like, I was stalking them on Twitter. <laughs> nice. 
because this is how I prepare for episodes. Um, I, I believe they're in college okay. right now. Please correct me if I'm wrong. And they do commentary for, I think, video games. So I hope they continue in their acting career and they end up getting more work at Funimation. For Baby's first lead, they did a very good job. So kudos to you, Kobe. This was not the easiest character for you to jump headfirst into. You got thrown into a dumpster fire, my friend, but I'm glad you came out with only a few scars. All right. Zen, did you want to sure. go next? Um, I'm going to unfortunately have to disagree. Um, not that they did a bad performance. I think it's a pretty good performance um, with, with a lackluster character. But overall, I thought it was very safe. I thought it was very um, forced at times. Um, I mean, maybe it was the character because, like, a lot of the time, this character just loved to, like, start crying and screaming and, and all this stuff. And, yeah, you have to do it. But I didn't feel the, the same sort of attachment um, that I had to some of the other characters that had to show the same amount of crying and vulnerability and maybe it was just like the um the the intonation of the voice like whenever he's trying to uh to to get across the desperation of of his situation he sounded more tired than desperate and i get that this character is supposed to be completely exhausted he is so done with everything and that is brought across i just didn't feel like the desperation was really there in the same way that like someone like Chimi brought it across or or some of the other female characters really brought across exactly what was supposed to be um the the main struggle for these characters and especially for him who's seeing all of his friends die around him his girlfriend his best friend like every single person around him and he keeps saying I just want to save at least one more person. I want to try to save my classmates. You told me not to die. Um, it's just the way he delivered um, that that per those particular lines. I did not feel the desperation enough, and I felt like there there had to be something more. That's why I was like more into Kenta as a main character, or or say like um, mm -hmm. Chimi. Or someone like that, because these characters had strong wills and strong vocal performances to the point where I felt they could better play lines, um, like him saying, like, uh, you know, I, I don't want anyone else to die, especially the end stuff with him and uh, Riona, you know, like that would have worked better if there was a little bit more desperation in his voice and less exhaustion. But don't you feel that you have to cut them some slack, though, because oh, this yes, is their yes, first yes. Yes. project. Like I feel, I feel with time, mm -hmm. you can you can ramp up to that level. Right. They're they're acting against a lot of actors. Yes, there are a lot of new actors, but they all play such inconsequential roles. Acting against actors who have so much more experience yes. than them, and I feel that comparatively you have to cut them a little bit of i i understand that and i'm not saying this to new. be harsh to them specifically because i think overall it's a solid vocal performance but what i was looking more for a out of a lead character in this type of show is that desperation um granted like th this type of character 
works. I felt like it, it, it he would have been better voiced as possibly Naoya, because Naoya should have been a little bit more okay. weary, in my opinion. But that, that's just my personal take on it. Nothing against them. I'm actually in the middle of the road in terms of Kobe's performance here. Because I do see both sides of this, honestly. For for a first lead role, Kobe does rather well. Baby's first lead, as we as Gigi lovingly refers to it as. Um, thankfully for me on my end, I saw Kobe in Overlord first. Because uh, I was following season two. Uh, over the winter season, and I really like them as Climb. It, it's very innocent, very... Because Climb is... He's a knight protecting the princess. Climb is a very noble character. Kobe plays that, no, like, this noble, um, determined character very well, and I enjoyed that a lot. So going into Nobuaki here, obviously it's completely different than Climb, because Nobuaki... <laughs> He's all over the place as a character, feel, feeling that desperation, feeling that hopelessness, this courage, this naivety, this vulnerability, manipulation, all of these feelings that Nobuaki has to portray. Despite it being rather rough through parts but throughout, I actually think Kobe did rather well. Given the material, given the character that Nobuaki is, I think that Kobe did rather well. It's... It is in the middle of middle ground for me though, because it's not a spectacular performance, but it's not like terrible. I'm not a huge fan of it, that kind of deal. But I have to give Kobe props for one big thing. With all the emotions that Nobuaki has to portray throughout the entire series, you see Kobe use their range very, very va like a vast amount of their range throughout the entire yes. show. So I do have to give kudos to Kobe for showing off their range and their, their um, not vulnerability, uh, their flexibility, their versatility in this one character and trying to portray all these different emotions that this character has to go through throughout the entire series. Uh, my issue really what it comes down to is the end is Nobuaki as a character. He, Nobuaki should never be the lead of this character, of this show. I, I think he's no. he can be a bit of a Mary Sue. He doesn't really have a ton of agency to him. But god damn it, does Kobe he's do the best He's also very that he can stupid. In order to this, make this Nobuaki also <laughs> is very stupid. But my point is my point is Kobe does their damnedest to make sure to make Nobuaki into as relatable and as likable as a character as humanly possible. And given the range that they had to use for so many facets of Nobuaki's personality and his progression as a character, I have to give Kobe kudos for all of that. Though I do enjoy you as Climb a bit more in Overlord, and I can't wait for season three this summer now. So, but yeah, I'm in the middle of the road, but I do have to give Kobe their props for not only taking on this lead character, which is one I wouldn't write home about personally, but giving off so much versatility and so much range in that one character alone. If that I can agree with that. I definitely it. want them to have more roles in the future, especially more lead roles. Um, I just, you know, obviously, I think... I just wish there was a different main character, honestly. They did everything they could. Yes. They did everything they could to escape the dumpster fire. Yes. But I think on that note... 
we're pretty much done for the night. So going into it uh, real briefly, let's talk about our final thoughts on the show. Or I should say final thoughts on the dub in general. Who would like to go first? I, for once, I will make this short and sweet. Okay. I've said everything already that I wanted to say about this show. I don't have anything else to say about it. Voice actors, you are lovely, lovely people. Staff, you are wonderful, amazing people. I never want to watch this anime ever again. I will not recommend it to anyone based on the anime. I'm sorry you had to put all this hard work into a dumpster fire. Like, I literally just... You got paychecks, so... I mean, I don't feel that bad. But <laughs> if, you, if you were doing this for free... I don't know, man. I'm sorry, you guys. This this anime just needs logic, and um, it's it's not gonna get logic at all. I I can't recommend this to anyone, even to watch something that you think is gonna be funny bad. I mean, Roots like friggin' was laughing his ass off because <laughs> he decided to watch it after nowhere. I said what a what a explosion train this was um you were just for you were me, posting fucking train emojis in the chat and a fire at the it end goes, it was great it goes train 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 fire <laughs> and i just that is that's your code for king's game guys train 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 fire oh god i just I, the logic in this eludes everyone and eludes me the fact that there's going to possibly be another season of this makes me want to go follow what's your face into the ocean and write <laughs> I love you in the sand. They no don't have enough really particular. They don't have I enough material for and one I would be okay. season, let alone two. They're going to damn no, well I try. The problem was is, is that they had too much material and tried to cram it into 12 yes. episodes because this was a, two cell phone novels, two of them. And they crammed it both into one season with a horrible, a horrible structure. Um, so you guys did everything you could to make this dub watchable and good for you. Um, I'm not going to watch this again. But thank you all for playing. And I do love you, Howard Wang. And um, this episode is going up on my birthday. I have to say, guys, what a shitty birthday present. <laughs> I really expect cake after this you, you, with you a train asked, on it. You asked for trash anime. That's what you got. I'm done. <laughs> Zen, did you want to go next? What are your final thoughts on the um, Kings My game? final thoughts. I really wish this was more than uh, it initially appeared. This always seems to happen to me where an anime intrigues me with its premise. Because I do like these um, murder games or mystery games or stuff like Enigma... Um, where, like, you have people trapped in a situation, they have to get out of it, and usually uh, the game itself and these characters are what gets you through it, but it always seems like the final twist is so goddamn stupid, um, or they don't explain enough, and I feel like this, this really is hurt by this ending. Like, I have never been so 180 on a series from start to finish that, like... Never have I been this 180 because I was talking to them as of episode 5 saying I really liked the series. It was dumb, but it was engaging and it was one of those things um, that, like, you know, that it had these elements that were very intriguing, obviously very cliche because, like I said, I've seen numerous 
different things that this takes uh, material from, but it was engaging enough to keep me going, especially with, with these characters. Um, but what really got me was the fact that there was no hope, that everyone seems to die, that nothing was explained except for the fact that they tried to explain it as a virus. Um, they, they tried to make it a Higurashi, but the thing is, unlike Higurashi, um, there, there's no... There, there's the, the, this show plays up the surrealities of it, like, this is a very surreal, um, not meant to be realistic type atmosphere for the show, and yet they ended up with logic, but then they don't explain who or what started it at all, or like, really, none of the research that they do into the King's Game matters. So like, the entire time, um, like the last few episodes, I was waiting for some big revelation to happen because it didn't feel like the final episode would be the final episode, and it just sort of like says, fuck you, I'm out. Like, that's exactly how I like, felt. Like, it's just like, fuck you, yeah. I'm done. And it's like, I've never been so completely pissed off at an ending. But, 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 in general, the dub itself. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, The dub itself... Because <laughs> I, I, under, I understand how much we dislike the show, but we are a thing called Dub Talk. Whoops, our <laughs> name you, is Zed. Dub Talk. What, what? I love you, Zed, but we need to talk about English dubs here. How do you, what is a dub, dub talk? Dub, I don't understand. Um... God damn it, Zen. You've been here how long? Um, but in terms of the dub, it's very solid. Um, there are some really standout performances. And I haven't seen the sub, so I can't really compare. But I think it elevates the source material. Um, not in the same way as something like Umaro-chan, where I thought the performances were so great that it made the show watchable. Um, because the show is not very watchable at the end. Um, but True. I think overall the performances are, are very solid. Um, some of the, the leads are fantastic, and that's what really uh, makes the show. Um, but yeah, fuck that ending. <laughs> um, as for me, aside from the show being a dumpster fire that we have continuously said throughout the evening, the dub in general... First of all, I'm gonna say this, everyone involved has done a better show than this fucking thing. So I have to give everyone involved with the show kudos for making the dub, making the dub for the show, or making the show at least moderately more tolerable because of a really solid English dub. From the directing, the writing, the casting, um, it was a risk, obviously, to have a newer voice actor, voice your lead. Um, but I think it actually panned out very well. Uh, and it's a good introduction to see, to hear Kobe and hear where they are going to be going in the near future. Uh, and I hope we get to see more of them. But all in all, very solid all around. Kudos to everyone involved. I hope all y'all had some drinks after this. <laughs> To drink away the pain notice case. I have several. I can't drink I, yet. I, not you. I the meant the people, people involved. Well, I need the beer. The people who did beer. the <laughs> The viewers you don't need, need one the right vodka. Now. The viewers <laughs> need the box wine. Uh. <laughs> Tyler no, Walker, you owe me a box of wine. Tyler Walker, I hope you had a very stiff drink after this. God uh. damn. But, um... Yeah, I have to give kudos to everyone involved in this because despite this is one of those cases because we 
frequently run into this. This is one of those cases where the show itself may be absolute garbage, but the dub is better than what the show deserves. Um, uh, and just I a have, and typical night on dub talk. Just a typical night on dub talk. Um, but yeah, dis despite everything, I salute you, Tyler, Tabitha, Jeremy, and the entire cast that was involved in the show. You guys made this show fun. You guys made this show tolerable <laughs> to a point. Tolerable. Uh, I uh, the lesson of the night. Matt Shipman, don't stick your dick in crazy. <laughs> right? O otherwise, oh. your your pants will really be hard. Whoa! <laughs> Captain Hardpants Jr.? <laughs> Captain Hardpants is not here, damn it! Thank God. He got out of this. So did Ian Sinclair. Good job, Husbandos. Good job. <laughs> no, but anyway, <laughs> bottom line... <laughs> bottom line, this show, despite it being <laughs> not the greatest thing in the world... Uh, the dub is really solid. Um, if you, I would, I wouldn't recommend to watch the show. However, if you are daring enough, like Roots was today, to watch <laughs> the damn show, <laughs> at least watch it in the dub because the dub is yes. really solid. Yes. Uh, for what this kind of what kind of sh shit goes on with the show. Um, if in, in fact, if you are interested in actually seeing the English dub for King's Game, uh, full title King's Game, the animation actually. Uh, you can watch it. It's currently on Funimation now. They have their 14-day free trial for their subscription services if you're interested. But, of course, your usual reminder, if you do not want to keep the subscription after the 14 days, you need to cancel it because it, it does ask for credit card information at sign up and will pull money from your account. Uh, however, it it is a really good subscription service. There's a lot of anime in there, not just English dubs. A lot of Japanese as a uh, Japanese versions as well, even though majority of them are being transferred to the Crunchyroll, there's still quite a few over there. And uh, it's the subscription service itself is like six, seven bucks a month. So, in all honesty, it's well worth your time. Uh, but if you want to see King's Game in general in the Japanese, it is over on Crunchyroll, as Efferly mentioned. Uh, they do have a subscription service as well for a 14-day free trial. However, for King's Game, it's not required to have it, um, as it is not currently airing and is not going is not behind that paywall while currently simulcasting. Uh, as for anything that all of us do, my name is Stephanie. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at like Enemy Review, where I talk about stupid things and daily life and shit. And I actually start ballroom dance classes tomorrow, and I'm very excited. Welcome to so the ballroom, excited. Steph. Steph's going to join. Welcome to the ballroom. In don't real let life. Don't let Pony Canyon put you behind that Amazon paywall. <laughs> she learned in the rumba in the East Coast swing. Let's go. Um, <laughs> that's the class that I'm taking. It's a nine week course. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. Um, as for Gigi, she is on Twitter at Anime Palooza as well as her YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Anime Palooza. Was there anything you wanted to plug real quickly that you're doing over there? Um, yeah, I actually have started up a new podcast where we talk. Uh, exclusively about shoujo trash stuff so not this because this is garbage we talk about the good kind <laughs> of trash over there it's not just limited to english dubs and um we talk about otome games and uh visual novels manga stuff like that um so if you guys wanted to head over to my channel to check it out i post once a month usually on the last monday of the month if you guys would love to come over there i would love to have you as long as you don't like make fun of us for talking about boys for two hours in which case why are you there anyways i mean like what why 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 why, why? why would why would um, you bother 
Uh, as for Zenith, you can follow her on Twitter at ZenithWillRule. Uh, she's also on YouTube at youtube.com slash ZenithWillReview. Is there anything you wanted to mention real briefly as um, to what you're up well, to? Well, I also have a Twitch. Um, I've been streaming a lot more now because uh, uh, things are going on with, with videos right now. I'm still waiting for uh, like to get one video from my editor and all this other stuff. But um, right now... You can find me streaming, uh, you know, regular streams Saturday and Sunday, uh, going through Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy XIV, and then randomly throughout the week, you can find that at twitch.tv slash zenithwillrule. Um, as for YouTube, I post random stuff there. Um, May is, you know, when I'm going to start posting the rest of the Danganronpa retrospective once that's fully e edited. And the Danganronpa, the animation, where I plug dub talk, like, a lot. Um, so that that's going to be there. It's just there are things that have happened last month that have been uh, kind of hard to deal with on my front. So I'm not sure what's going to happen in the future on YouTube, but you'll see me streaming and talking on Twitter about how I'm paying off bills, because debt sucks. Debt does suck. Uh, and if you are interested in anything else that we do here at Dub Talk, of course, the best way to do so is you're probably doing it right now. Uh, you're probably watching us on YouTube. You can subscribe to our channel here uh, to catch our latest episodes, which we do try to post at least once a week, sometimes two, depending on what's going on and how much stuff we have in the pipeline that can get done quickly. Um, and we also have... Wow, I'm blanking on what I wanted to say. Crap, it is a long night. Um, and we also have, if, you want to, if you're interested in any of our social medias, we do have a Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and a Twitch channel as well. All of them are at DevTuck Podcast. Uh, some of which we are currently working on revamping, as well as trying to figure out what we're going to do with them more. I.e. the Tumblr and Twitch channel. Uh, <laughs> but we're figuring that out along the way. Uh, and I think, because this is going up at the last Wednesday of May. So I believe at this point we have possibly announced our spring slate of uh, episodes we're covering from the spring simul dubs dubcast season. Uh, so basically the month of June and the beginning of July are going to be pretty much all of those. Uh, doubling down and getting a shit ton done. Plus I think... Space Star Blazers Battleship Yamato, I think, is also among the schedule. Um, but that could also change rather frequently. Uh, but that's really just the current plan is um, next month you're going to be seeing a lot of us, a lot of uh, spring shows being talked about. And uh, as a side note, we are also going to be bringing back uh, Summer at the Movies as well for what we call it, its second season. And that's going to start up in July, uh, po uh, announcing the announcement of which movies we're going to be covering this year uh is still still not happening yet uh we're holding <laughs> off a little bit longer but we have we have picked our slate of movies and we're very excited uh for some of the movies this year uh otherwise than that i think that is everything for tonight um any final quick words before we sign off for the evening ladies i accept birthday presents <laughs> And um, whoever just texted me to find a nice vanilla boy, uh, you can go over there. And you'll be receiving a text from the king soon saying obedience not confirmed. And if uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to subscribe to my Twitch and be a small waifu, you know, you can you can have the waifu wars about who is best. You know, just, just oh, do Lord. it. You're having waifu wars? That's not a good sign. <laughs> No, that's a terrible sign. Everyone who subscribes sign. Is, a, also, is a waifu in my eyes. 
also, I it's like basically almost a month early. But since this is going up the, on that day, happy fucking birthday, Gigi. Thank you. You goddamn queen. What? Fucking, our fucking queen, man. <laughs> I, I am a fucking queen in all the ways. Let me be your hairdresser. God damn it. <laughs> just don't, just put the rock down. Put the rock down. <laughs> but the rock down. is so shiny. No. I'm just no. going to be over here eating. Um, <laughs> yes, go eat. You need to eat and then go to work. So that's it for us tonight, guys. Thank you for joining us. And as always, we'll catch you next time. Otaku. And watch way. out. For, Love your faces. Watch out for snakes and don't stick your dick in crazy. <laughs>